Welcome to You Hear Big Girls Attack on Titan podcast. I'm Mom Taku and drumroll. I'm Luna. <laughs> and I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited to have Luna this month. Thank God she's back. And also happy to introduce our chapter 137 guest. We've invited my friend Underscore, who is a mod on uh, the Andrew Alt Stars Discord. And of course, back again for his chapter, Andrew All Stars. Welcome, guys. Hello, thank you for having me again. <laughs> uh, since one, three, two, and this will be an interesting podcast, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, we promised to have you back when Zeke finally died, so here you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here I am. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll see how I can it plays hear out. <laughs> the absolute sad. <laughs> Stop laughing! Stop laughing! <laughs> it's not. It's not fair. <laughs> And we're also happy to have Underscore Ahmad on the Andrew All-Star server. Welcome, Underscore. Hello, hello. It's me. <laughs> Thank you for uh, making me be on this podcast. It's an honor. We're excited to have you. So we always start off with chapter impressions. And I honestly have not, other than Andrew, have no idea what Underscore or Luna think about this chapter. So let's go ahead and start there. So this is just a couple of minutes. Did you love it? Did you hate it? I mean, we'll get into the details, but just your initial impressions. Andrew, why don't you start? I'll start with I'll start I'll start with what I liked. Um, well, that will be I short. Guess. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I've, I've I've obviously been to the chapter uh, a couple more times, uh, and I liked Armin's commentary about the little things in life for being a you know the reason for being alive are the little things, um, and I thought that really did work nicely in regards to Zeke and his connection to Thomas Xavier and the baseball. I thought that was a really nice touch. Uh, Zeke's explanation about you know life and everything else I thought was decent enough. Um, you know, I would have liked a bit more substance with their conversation, but it was fine. I liked the Titan designs, as I do every month in recent months. I think the Titan designs are really good that Izyama has gone all out with. There were some shots that I liked with towards the end with Eren's head falling off, and you've got his long hair draping down the Titan's body, or, you know, just draping down. I thought that looked really cool. Looked like a bit of a rocker, you know, a bit of a metalhead there in that moment, in that shot. Um, but apart from that, that's probably about it when it comes to what I really liked. <laughs> Oh, uh, Levi's Levi's face when he kills Zeke. I really like that as well. But I guess that's for later on. Uh, did your face look like Levi's at that moment as well? Or? <laughs> yes, it did. I it guess we- did. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just yeah, that that was just the thing. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I didn't like the pacing. I didn't like the whole thing with pathways. Um, I thought it was a bit contrived. The whole thing with you know certain characters coming back and the pacing was all over the place. Felt a bit rushed. However, I don't think that it broke the manga. There was nothing that felt like it was completely destroying it, but it really did feel like it was, as I said before, uh, really badly paced. Um, I'd probably give it a 5 out of 10 at best, but yeah, that's my uh, overall view. And what about you, Underscore? It's a, it's a fine chapter. I, I, I'd say it's not the best, of course. I, I'd still enjoy it. It's more than uh, 135. It's a very thematic chapter. Uh, I think its theme so strong and it holds up. But outside of that, I, th- I think some moments, like the direction of the story is probably not what I wanted it to go. But I, I can't really fault the, the chapter for being a decent interpretation. And Luna? I mean, for me, this was a chapter that I didn't, you know, I finished reading it and I still didn't know how to think about it. And now I still am like conflicted because... There were parts that I liked, parts that I disliked. I liked that we finally got away from the message that 
children are the only thing that makes life worth living. Like, <laughs> finally, we get something else. So that is something that I did appreciate about the talk that Armin had with Zeke. The origin of life story, a uh, bit strange. Not sure if that was necessary. And I did enjoy, even though it doesn't make a lot of sense to me, um, seeing all the previous Titan shifters that we know and love. And yeah, I'm here for Reiner Helos. So then <laughs> it's a mixed bag for me, this chapter, really. And for me, for me, I guess, okay, I was thinking about this last night. We were in the Discord kind of discussing the direction this series has gone. And Momtaku of 2016 would have just, I would have shredded this chapter because I felt like it it undid some of the rules that were established. And I, I cared a lot more about the rules back then. I was all about trying to make sense of this universe. And I think I gave that up about a year and a half ago. Two years ago, I gave up making sense. And I just, you know what? I'm along for the ride. I actually read this chapter in the car uh, on the way home from visiting some family, and it moved me. I, it's the first time I've cried in a long time. I can't believe I cried over Zeke Yeager, but I no. did. And <laughs> I did. And, you know, when the theme is presented, like you said, about the the beauty and the everyday, I just can't hate it. Like, I, it just, I can't hate it. It works for me. So, yeah, world building. 2016, I would have hated this chapter. Now, as somebody who is literally just reading it to kind of finish it off, I loved it. So I guess for me, I would say like a 7 of 10. Hmm. I like the point that you made about like just reading it to finish it. Like I think that for me as well, like since I think probably a long time ago, I used to really love the manga, go go through it all the time and everything else a lot more. But I think I'm kind of just along for the ride. Like, yeah, I'll react to it and I'll get, you know, emotional, whatever else. But afterwards I'm like, eh, you know, it is what it is. And, you know, it's good fun. It's it's the friends you made along the way, you know. That's the <laughs> that's the that's the message here for this manga. <laughs> I mean, right now you just want it to end, don't you? Like you, you, we're so close to the finish line. You just want to go through. I, I relate yeah. to Siyama's comments about the marathon. Mm-hmm. And I think too, once your favorite character dies, it's just so much easier just to like let go of like, to li- like I don't live in anxiety every chapter anymore. It's like all the characters I care about are gone and it's, it is what it is. Well, good so, for you. Because for me, it's going to I be know. 139 <laughs> chapters of pure horror. Thank you. <laughs> No, but I I kind of feel the same way as you guys. I was kind of like, oh, a bit scared to say that because I thought I would be the only one. But yeah, that's how I feel. I'm not as enamored with this manga as I used to be. And I'm just kind of here for the ride. Like, let's see how it ends. But I think in the beginning of this arc or like post-Marley arc, I had some gripes. And I was hoping that he would kind of go back to form when it came to the ending but it's kind of been just more of a continuation of what we had and i think that's why i'm also at peace with it because it's like not as good as it used to be but yeah the quality didn't really drop that much over the past 10 20 chapters it's just been consistently lower than it was before i have to agree with that completely because well obviously uh past few days i've been going through wolf of paradise arc or the past couple of months what have you on, on my own stream and everything mm-hmm. and we've I've gone through one, one, two, one, one, three the past couple of days, but obviously um, with those with those chapters, like you could, the quality there and the substance behind it, I feel is a, of a higher degree than what we're getting at present. But I think the underlying issue is back then there were so many questions unanswered, there were so many plot points still moving forward, um, with you know open ended 
positions, whereas now we're coming to the closure. So I think naturally the closure is always going to be disappointing in hindsight compared to getting to that conclusion, if that makes sense. But with that in mind, yes, I think the quality of writing has somewhat dropped, but it's nothing overly dramatic, as Luna said. Um, you don't read it and think, you know, well, I did this chapter, but... <laughs> You know, <laughs> generally speaking, it's not the not the be all and end all. You know, it's not like the manga's been destroyed because of the recent chapters. You know, it's still coherent, as underscore said. The thematic points of this chapter do work uh, as well, so it's still you know it still works, even if it's not as good a quality in writing, I suppose. The conversation has been for a long time that Isayama's rushing the ending, and we got a little bit of actually, I guess, verification of that in a recent tweet from the editor that they made the decision to end it, that they felt like it could have gone on for much longer. And I do feel like that decision to end it, like where Isayama shined was in his character development, the conversations, the interactions. And that's basically, we're waiting for a little bit more of that. But what he has to do now is just conclude the manga. And it feels like a lot of stuff is being sacrificed just because he needs the alliance to do this. He needs this to happen now you know, we have to wrap this up here. And maybe it was when he was allowed to meander that it was a little, or maybe the meandering here was wrong. Like, I don't know. It's, we've been in this battle now for what, 15 chapters and they still haven't attacked Aaron yet. It just seems like something is seriously missing from these last 10 chapters or so. And I, I just, Maybe it's the sacrificing of character development, or or maybe it's just we miss Aaron, which is, again, words I never thought <laughs> I would say. These chapters are strange things, people. When when you mentioned, of course, the development, which I, I have to agree with, like the, the, I think, again, because for people that I've spoken to or read comments from, this arc has been, as you said, because it's coming to the conclusion or because Azizama has to finish the manga, it seems that it's kind of rushing ahead a lot of the time. And that development that people often look back on and enjoy does stem from earlier arcs whereas i think this arc while it does have some development it mostly is just moving the plot forward not as quickly as possible mm. but it seems that certain things are dropped into it without much context to work with now i know you've got the uh, the whole falco flying titan thing and you know I, I accept it for what it is personally now in hindsight <laughs> but again you've got little things like that that pop up and you know contextually that could have probably been worked a little bit better i think in hindsight as well but again, as you said, Montaku, perhaps because we're getting towards the end and he has to finish it, we don't have time for all of this to make it feel more well done, if you get what I'm saying. Or perhaps that's just me. <laughs> we published the poll yesterday, and so far we've gotten 1,112 responses. And usually, I mean, that's a good sample size. We know what people are thinking at this point. And while it's still a, a very well-liked chapter, I mean, we definitely have a a dominant number on a scale from one to five of people who selected that four and five. When we average those numbers, uh, this we've been keeping records for what forty six chapters now. I think since ninety one. Yeah. Okay. And this one is way down the list. It's not as bad as some. The average is over four. I think the average is like on a scale from one to five, four point oh five. But that still puts it at tenth worst. Mm, I mean, that, that, that's not really our low score. Though, I, I, I know, right? <laughs> it's, it's, it's quite, like, when we're dealing with numbers that high, it feels kind of redundant to put them in a list, you know? I don't know. I don't know. Well, the lowest is um, like a 3.65. So even that's better than average. You know, the numbers are all sort of tightly packed there. And maybe, maybe in retrospect, back in chapter 91, when we started asking this question, we should have done a one to 10 scale and we would have been able to fine tune that more. But 
it's been one to five all this time. So that's what we have to work with. So I know we've touched on it a little bit, but I don't think there's any denying the rage this chapter. I mean, this chapter had certain segments of the fandom nonstop <laughs> seething. Underscore, you, you're a mod in Andrew's server. What has that experience oh, been no, like no, this week? I, I don't want to talk about it too much. I, I, <laughs> I, I mean, uh, it was impossible to have a functional conversation in the second Island chat when uh, the chat dropped, for example. Uh, it was just complete anarchy. But outside of that, it's, uh, it's, it's been better now, though there isn't much conversation outside of memes that she posts <laughs> about people's displease. I pop in every few minutes and there's a few people there who are not ready to let go of this dead horse. They want to keep kicking it, but it's kind of funny because we're also in the Titan Tea Time server, me and Momtaku, and we usually call that the chill server. But even with this chapter, like... There's been a lot of like heated discussion <laughs> going on <laughs> about how, uh, yeah, this was not the way they wanted to see it end. It does seem like it depends which community you're in as to whether or not you liked or hated this chapter. It was very community-based, your reaction. But what I did was um, our friend Velocious, we all know him, he <laughs> yeah. made a 12-minute video about everything that was wrong with this chapter. <laughs> oh, Lord. And, yes. Have you watched it, Andrew? <laughs> yes, I have. I have. Okay. And it's glorious, velocious style. <laughs> it's yeah, glorious, it velocious. We will link to it in the in the comments below. So, by all means, if you hated this chapter, Velocious's 12-minute rant is for you. But I, I went through it, and I kind of bullet-ited out his, his complaints, which he, he goes through them one by one, so that was not difficult to do. And I thought to kick off the discussion, I want to go ahead and read the criticisms, and I want you guys, this will be like a, a quick fire, kind of just like a yes or no as to whether or not it bothers you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the order, I guess, will be underscore Andrew Luna me. The first major complaint is the existence of hallucinogenia that it downgrades Aaron's character because the final villain isn't Aaron, it's a worm. <laughs> and he highlighted the fact that like at the end of this chapter, Reiner should be fighting Aaron. He's not. He's wrestling a worm. Is that a problem? Hmm. I'd say no. I wouldn't call it a problem, but I would want it to be the other option. Okay. You'd prefer it to be Aaron. Yeah. Andrew? I agree with underscore, but again, I'm hesitant to say yes or no, depending on what happens next chapter and the chapter afterwards, but I would underscore on this one. Okay. Um, I still feel that it's Aaron. Like, yeah, okay, the, the, the worm, the sea creature from ancient times or before that even was the one who gave him the power, but it's still Aaron's motivations that led to all of this, so... Even though I think Reiner is tackling the worm now, I think there will still be a fight between him and Aaron. So I'm not that bothered by it at this point. But if there's no Aaron versus Reiner, then yeah, I will be. <laughs> when we met the spine creature, I assumed we would get a little bit more about it, but I wasn't expecting him to become a major character. So I'm... <laughs> Is he? <laughs> I, I mean... Is he even a sentient creature? Maybe it's just like, you know, an amoeba... Type 
I mean, would you put a spine creature in your character tier list? Uh, I, know. Tier? <laughs> I was talking in a Discord yesterday to a friend who is hoping to catch up with the series, doesn't mind spoilers. And I, I, gave her, I gave her just a quick, you know, two sentence about what this chapter was. And I was like, Reiner's wrestling a worm that's trying to get back in Aaron's head. And she thought I was lying. Okay. Like. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's a great description of just like how absurd this chapter can be. Uh, yeah, yeah. On first yeah, it's very absurd, yeah. Granted, spoilers when we get the leak. Sometimes it's like that. We get this very out of context thing that makes like I remember uh, one of the spoilers was Hanji gives Falco a bubble bath, and we were all <laughs> so confused. But this one, the actual summary would even full context would would leave people with that same sense of you know. No way. That's not the chapter. All right. Number two. Uh, he highlighted Emir's Isekai existence, that basically she created this alternate world for a desire for connection and and the frustration that Aaron's strong connection with her, which many people embraced, was not based on freedom from slavery or any of those things. She just wanted friends. What do you think? I think that's cute, in a sense. It's like... Uh... A child just wants, you know, a connection in some sense. Yeah. I, 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 I like that idea. If you'd asked me this on Monday, I would have said I don't like it. If you <laughs> asked me it now, as I, I mean, honestly, I think Underscore said it really nicely. It's cute in, in a way. But I mean, I do think it's lacking. I think it's a little bit too simplistic, just wanting like, a connection. I think, you know, I do like the idea that she did want to go get away from slavery like Erin. But as a combination of both of those things, I'd like it. So it's hit and miss for me, I think. Yeah, I agree exactly with Andrew because we saw in uh, chapter 122 like her longing gaze towards the couple that was about to kiss so you can tell that she wanted some sort of connection but on the other hand she also tried to release the pigs and I don't think she had like some sort of connection with the pigs it was just she wanted to set them free because they were enslaved the same way that she was so I felt like it was more of a combination of those two so I hope it's it's not reduced to just the connection thing, but we'll see. We all have to wait. I do feel sorry for Aaron fans who kind of embrace that moment of Aaron's apparent compassion and her reaction to it, because now it feels like that's been taken away from them. I mean, not that Aaron did it. He definitely did show a moment of compassion towards Amir. I do think that that was authentic, but I understand their frustration that now once again, Aaron's not special. Like Aaron had this one thing. He freed Emir from slavery and now they've taken it away. It's like, no, no, she just wanted friends. She's so fickle. She'll go with whoever smiles at her. But, but he is special because he was born into this world. Yeah, but everyone is special because they're born into this world. So if everyone's special, then... No one is. Oh, that's a, Everyone is super and no one is. <laughs> the only thing that I... Um, uh, thinking about is like i'm sure she had some sort of connection with her daughters at least but so far the story's making it sound like no she didn't have any connection with them as well that's an interesting point that actually yeah we don't really get to see anything like that which would have been kind of in, I mean, you know, it would have been a nice dynamic i think to showcase that for me because we don't really get to see any kind of human bonding with her at all do we no. so even something that small would have been you know likable at least for me as a reader Okay, the next criticism is that this is the big one. Zeke could have acted at any point. Instead, he just sat there having an existential crisis while waiting for Godman <laughs> to arrive. 
<laughs> oh god, <laughs> these memes are oh. mong god ming. <laughs> oh, hang on, delicious. Underscore, does that bother you? Uh, I, I mean, I mean, like, not really. I, it, you you can always complain about talking to jutsu and stuff like that, but I, I I'm not really that bothered about it. Bonus. I, I think it was a fine moment that Mercy uh, reminiscing about their experiences because it wasn't really Armin that made Seek change. It's more his own thoughts that's got awakened by uh, Armin's dialogue because he's the one who continues the conversation afterwards. I think it's clear that already he already shown some sort of uh, rebellion at least by because he's already like contacted other shifters like Bertolt and Grisha. So yeah, I'm, I'm fine with it. So Andrew, what about you? I completely disagree. One hundred percent disagree um, about wow. his opinion about Zeke um, on this. I, th- I mean, I'll keep it brief, but Zeke didn't act because after what happened with Aaron and after what happened with seeing his father, the guy probably just lost the entire plot. I think his commentary at the start of this chapter was a little bit weird, um, you know, because he's been sat there, didn't really, you know, you know what Zeke's like. He's emotional, likes winning, and he was just kind of moping around. And I think it fits that Zeke didn't really do anything, you know, just until somebody came along and kind of gave him a pat on the shoulder and kind of lifted him up, up a little bit. So, yeah, I think it works nicely. We can get into it later. So for me, I... I, I understand Zeke's kind of sitting there and not knowing what to do because he thinks it's all over for him. Like he doesn't have any control over the situation anymore. So he wasn't just sitting around waiting for Armin. He was just kind of sitting around because he thought he was powerless. And it wasn't really Armin showing him like what the beauty of life is. It was kind of more Armin reminding him and then him seeing Xaver again and Grisha, I guess that kind of put him back into action. So I'm not terribly upset that Armin and Zeke had that conversation and that made Zeke do something, but I also can understand why he didn't do anything before. Also, he spent like half an eternity probably in paths. Like, I don't know how many years it felt for him. So it's not like he waited a day and it was like, uh, uh, I guess I can't do anything. So I didn't mind the conversation. I love the conversation, and I love that it moved Zeke to act. But it's more this point for me was more about the mechanics, because the chapter starts out with Zeke saying, I don't know if I can get out of here. And then a few pages later, it jumps to him out the spire, waving at Levi. And it, it I wish we had more of that. Like, I feel like there's a whole conversation that we're missing or, and involving the mechanics of the world. So- for me, this is a maybe. I, I don't mind that Zeke could have acted at any point, but didn't. I want to know how he acted. I want Not why. I understand why. I want to know how. And I don't know that we're going to get that. Um, it's it, Yeah, plot convenience. I feel like a lot of rules are being bent at this point to Agreed. Mm-hmm. move the plot forward. I, I don't really know if it's rules being bent. It's like there wasn't even any rules explained to begin with really properly, uh, I'd say. I mean, they, they, it, it, it sucks. Maybe, maybe he'd left it open so he could bend it in the future. I, I don't really know, but I, I want a concrete uh, set-in-stone rule set of paths so it doesn't feel like plot convenience, though. 
So the next criticism was that the dead Titans suddenly returning to fight was disappointing and too Avengers-like. And I think that this whole Marvel Avengers is a, is a large criticism <laughs> in certain communities. Does it bother you that, it's, that the ending of this series is apparently at this point like an Avengers Marvel movie? Does it bother you, the, the mechanics of how they're winning, I guess? I mean, I would like to see a little more um, tragedy on behalf of the Avengers, but, uh, you know, who knows, the Lions might lose a little uh, armory boy next chapter. But I, I, I'm uh, I'm split on it. It depends how it ends, because we haven't seen the entire, like, event yet. And what about just the resurrection of the Titans? Ah, that, that specifically. Yeah. I thought it was a cool way of using past shifters not really a good way but a cool a fun way i would say that's a good yeah. way to put it it's a, a fun way not necessarily a good way <laughs> um for me for, for the time shifters for the for, for, for grisha and kruger to return i absolutely hated it and it's the one thing in this chapter i can't <laughs> stand with a passion and maybe it fits thematically maybe it does work but that's not going to change my mind. I absolutely hate it. I've I, honestly like everything else in this chapter. Okay, that <laughs> no. You bring Kruger back on screen. You bring Grishy back on screen for this, for them just to do this. I, I get it. I get it. I get it. Works if you want to, you know, argue it. But no, I absolutely detest it. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's like you can tell the anger in my voice. I'm actually angry right now. <laughs> just talking about it. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Andrew, I'm Andrew. so angry. <laughs> anyway, sorry. <laughs> I mean the Avengers thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sorry. sorry go sorry, ahead. Sorry. Finish. <laughs> no, uh, the the Avengers thing. I think that I have to be with uh, underscore on that a little bit. Like I think that these past handful of chapters, um, going through them together, I think will make it a lot more consistent. Like these chapters kind of flow with each other really well. So I think the whole Avengers situation. I think I don't want to jump into that until the final couple of chapters again. But I do understand the complaints that there seems to be a lot of hit and miss. Characters don't seem to end up... They, they get out of sticky situations continuously. Um, and it's nothing new in Attack and Titan, characters getting out of sticky situations. But it does feel like it is getting a little bit too convenient, I suppose. But that's it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it was hinted at before that there was some sort of, like, consciousness maybe there. But, you know, why all of a sudden do people that are still, like, alive in the real world need to be in paths to kind of make sure that the people who were shifters before can now take control of their consciousness. I don't know. It's a bit weird. Uh, I also just don't understand what Kruger was doing there. Uh, where were all the other shifters before? Why was Xaver Stite in a fucking ram and not a mole? What? <laughs> <laughs> what was this chapter? I mean, I did like seeing Emir again and like uh, Porco and Marcel and, you know, them protecting... Yeah, and Bert, I guess, as well, protecting Reiner and Peek and Ani. So that works. Everything else um, also kind of, mm, but why? <laughs> so I, of course, am 0% surprised that this happened. <laughs> and I'm very happy because I've been predicting this. And my bingo card, my final chapter bingo is looking awesome. Let me just say, I'm like, all I need now is Historia's baby to be a shifter. And I've got a bingo already. Oh no! I I am looking less lucky uh, about my bingo card. <laughs> so yeah, I I kind of thought it was coming. If it's cheesy, if it's cheap, whatever, um, it's the story that I saw happening. So maybe not 
I mean, I knew I knew Emir would be back. There was no way she wouldn't. Her death, this whole concept of of the dead, you know, still having a consciousness, I think, has been established enough that it's not out of nowhere. Yeah, it felt set up to me. So I can't I can't argue it too much. It's not out of nowhere. All right. Zeke waving to Levi felt like a joke. Did that bother you, underscore? Not really. I enjoyed that moment. I don't <laughs> have much to say about it, though. Okay. Andrew? You're not going to believe this. I hated it on my reaction. I love it now. <laughs> I think it's good. I, think it's, I actually think it's great. Um, but yeah, I think me reading chapter 112, 113 recently has actually just kind of made me kind of, you know, see things... And we, yeah, we'll get into it, of course. But yeah, I like it. Okay, okay. That, that's surprising to hear, considering <laughs> considering your initial yes. <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I I think it's true to Zeke's nature. Like he's always been like this goofy dude in a way. So I don't mind him waving. Uh, I I do kind of yeah. I I think it's sad that it was so short and almost meaningless. Like his death, he didn't get yeah. Yeah, some dialogue would yeah. be nice. Between him and Maybe Levi. we'll get it next chapter, but if this this was it, then it feels a bit empty in a way. I think all character deaths, you kind of want more. Like I, I remember thinking that with Colt, with Porco, with Shadows, with Magath. Like it's they they always leave you wanting. They're good deaths, but they leave you wanting. Oh, yeah. Well, there's and, all, all uh, they're all warrior side except for Shadows that you mentioned. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, I enjoyed it, and I, I I was hoping for a little more banter between them because the banter with Levi and Zeke is always fantastic. But it worked for me. I'm in. I thought this was fantastic. And Zeke, wait, uh, Zeke is such a nerd. Andrew, why do you love? I mean, like you you picked honestly the dorkiest character to have as your favorite. I admire that. There's just so much charm to him. That's why there's just so much to him, isn't there? Like there wasn't there wasn't originally, but I, I I guess I kind of saw saw it to start with. I just you know there's something more about this guy, and you know it's it, yeah yeah. And the the last point that Velocious highlighted, and I think we're probably all going to agree with this one, or at least agree with it for now, is that the battle continually feels like there are no real stakes for the alliance. Oh, for sure, yeah, hundred percent, yeah. I mean, a smart way to do it would be a death per chapter, but, you know, uh, maybe we don't have time for that because it will take up more pages. And, uh, yeah, manga soon ending. But I totally agree with Velocious on that point. It's it's my biggest complaint with these later chapters and this final battle. But so far, it's not over. We might see deaths, but that won't save the earlier parts of them having barely any stakes. Yeah, I guess I have to agree, but it's... Yeah, I don't know. I thought more people would have died by now. On the other hand, it's also like, uh, you know, Connie is expendable at this point, but does it really add anything if he dies to the story? It's better just to have him alive and not really appear in the, yeah, just be there in the background. Be like a nice houseplant that doesn't really bother anyone. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so this is a gripe of mine as well. Like Luna was saying, every death so far has been people over the age of 25 and warriors. And it's, you know, we haven't, the 104th has, since since Trost has lost Sasha. That's it. The end, Sasha. Uh, it does feel like there's no stakes for them. I feel like in the end, there's like an opportunity to kill them off because you, well, you won't use them anymore. Like they're not, you won't use them 
because the, the manga is ending, so you have you have no reason to keep them alive. Like, yeah, like Luna, you mentioned that what I agree with you on the point that you said that killing off characters just for the sake of doing it and it wouldn't hold much weight afterwards. I agree with, and I think that's maybe fundamentally a problem with the writing itself and how quick it's gone. The whole Handry and Flock death, I thought, was done really well. I mean, I mean, I did have complaints about the pacing of Handry in one chapter, but looking at that hmm. compared to now, I'm really more, I'm more appreciative of it, uh, you know, and I think had we had more setup, perhaps in earlier chapters, like 134, 135, 136, then perhaps we could have had those deaths be impactful in these, in this chapter or otherwise, but that hasn't happened, like you said, so doing it now, it wouldn't work, I would it really? I think if they had met with their parents, you know, if um, Falco had brought them down to their families, then maybe there would have been some setup to have them die and it would be like heartbreaking in some form. But Agreed. Yeah, that would have been and, nice. And, but now there's nothing really. It would have been nice for, uh, for example, Anne, Annie to die without, without meeting her father again, but she knew she could protect him, for example. Yeah, well... I mean, that, that would have been a nice moment. It might still happen. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Maybe next this one. Point. <laughs> and then Armin will be the forever virgin again. Back to Armand. <laughs> yeah. Among, just love that word so much. It's so, it's so dumb. I just love it. It's so stupid. It's, like. it's so powerful. It's it it brings energy <laughs> to the conversation. It, it does. Among. Like. I like how on most everybody's final chapter bingo, there was some statement about Armin's big brain moment, and I saw somebody in parentheses put, but it's actually really, really obvious because there's never been a big brain moment that's not really, really, really obvious. I love I love Armin, and I know Andrew. I heard I was listening to your stream, and I know you defend him, but um, it is. I mean, I you want to upset any conversation, especially one with the plot chads. Just drop Armin, drop in a positive comment about Armin, and you'll get like you know three hours of screaming. <laughs> I like Armin. He's a good lad. He's a good lad. He's a good lad. <laughs> All right. So the chapter opened with the Cambrian explosion. And I don't know that we really have a lot. Does I mean, I think the funniest thing about that was just the reaction from the fandom when it was leaked. Um, what did you think about the origins of life being included? Or I guess the better question would be, are we all assuming that this is the origin of the actual parasite that made a connection with Emir? Is that the assumption we're supposed to have? What do you think? I mean, I, I assume so, uh, but in all honesty, uh, I would I, I would prefer it to be. Uh, it would be like, yeah, I want to know more about the parasite. That's how I like acted in one twenty two, and like, no, like, no, it's fine. We don't, we don't need to know more. <laughs> I, th I think it, I think it's better to just have left it open in a sense. Yeah, I agree with underscore. I think it should have been kept open. Uh, with that in mind, though, I I, I, th I don't mind it, honestly. I think that, you know, it does go back to our own evolution. Uh, and I think it kind of showcases, of course, that essentially, you know, Titans and humans were just evolved, you know, at that time, just kind of subsets from each other. And, you know, because obviously the, the parasite itself created Titan life, uh, essentially. Uh, you know, I, I think it works given this little backstory to how it, you know, started like all the life. It just so happened to be, of course, um, a subset of that. And, you know, I, I think Zeke explaining it was a little bit strange, but I think he spent so much time in pathways. Maybe that's kind of an explanation as to how he, you know, figured all this out or knew it. Or perhaps again, it's because, of course, when he was alive, he kind of knew it anyway. But yeah, it works. It's exposition that we didn't really need, but um, I welcome it all the same, if I'm being honest with you. I welcome it uh, for what it is. 
I thought what was good about it was he actually, it was the opening that led right into Zeke's perspective on life or how Zeke viewed life. I'm kind of with you guys that I didn't necessarily need a big explanation for the Titan Origins, but I was really impressed that Isayama dropped it in there and then built, kind of built it around Zeke's um, Zeke's life perspective about why why life continues and what's the purpose of life and just that whole existential stuff that he was getting into. So, and I, I and I did love Zeke. You know, I remember when we first saw Zeke, the uh, panel that was revealed uh, at the exhibit in I think it was in Uino Royal Exhibit something 2014. Zeke is sitting there with his little glasses on, looking really thoughtful. We have no idea who he is, but he's presented as the key to the story. And I remember thinking he looked. Just like, you know, incredibly nerdy. I had a lot of ideas about who I thought he was that didn't come out, didn't, didn't happen. He ends up, you know, my my perspectives changed. But now he's back to being this like nerdy guy sitting in the sand, building sand castles, talking about science with another science dude. And it just really, I don't know. I loved it. I loved it. Yeah. And apparently most people agree with you looking at the poll, because about 50% of the respondents say it was awesome to see the connection to real world evolution. And another 25% were like, yeah, origin of this spine creature. And the rest was kind of like, eh, I'm not too sure about it, which is where I fall. I'm like, was this necessary? Did we need this? Couldn't have these panels have been spent on something better. But uh, yeah, I said, I think I said it in a previous podcast that the, the spine creature was like too vague for me and I wanted more explanation about it. And now I got it. And now I'm like, no, this is unnecessary. (laughs) So Andrew, you're someone who's been very open about loving Zeke and loving his character. And I guess when I read this, I thought about you. Did this work for you? Did it fit? Does it, does this, does, did anything here not fit what you knew about Zeke as a character? Did this additional information on his perspective of life and so on, did it work? Originally, I, again, I didn't put much thought into it when reading out my reaction, I suppose. So at the time, no. But now, yeah, I, I don't think there's anything here that feels it's out of place with Zeke. I think, again, Based upon his attitude, how downtrodden he looks, how he's coming across to Armin, and how Armin responds to him, almost kind of bewildered by this, I think it fits with Zeke's persona and how I think he would kind of look. I think Izyama knows Zeke quite well in how he's written him in this chapter, in in, in the entire chapter, actually. Um, so reading it, it works, yes. I think Zeke's... I don't know how to explain myself, but Zeke sat there pondering and feeling defeated after what happened with Grisha after the euthanasia plan had all backfired. Zeke's, you know, Zeke, you know, he he likes to win. He's he's you know, he's and he gets salty or he gets angry and everything else when he doesn't. Um, There's more to him than just that, of course. But yeah, I think him sat here defeated, him kind of just you know lost in himself, building sandcastles like a little child, kind of reminiscing, not reminiscing, but you know, because Zeke is a big child. <laughs> you know, he never, apart from Thomas, he never really had that kind of family connection. And, you know, he was a warrior like other characters, but his experience is a lot more timid. I think he's a very insecure person inside. And I think just sitting, seeing him here building sandcastles, kind of dwelling upon his own existence and the existence of humanity, it works. And I think it's charming. And him and Armin together, honestly, I think, I, don't, I speak for myself probably, but him and Armin have needed to be on screen for such a long time. And I like the fact it's Armin that kind of does kind of express himself because Armin's a very insecure person as well. And Armin's very, you know, emotionally vulnerable and so is Zeke 
and it's kind of nice to see this little bit of you know commentary from them both here to each other, expressing themselves and their feelings. Uh, although Zeke, of course, is a little bit less about himself, I think it works. And the whole thing with the baseball and the leaf that was charming, and that was great. That that was sweet, and you know I liked it, and I think it was done really nicely. Uh, the whole thing with looking at you know the, an item and objects, living in the moment between Armin looking at the leaf and Z looking at the baseball. Yeah, it works. It's very, really nice, really cute. I'm not describing it properly, but yeah, I liked it. When did you fall in love with Zeke as a character? What what was the moment? <laughs> it's going to be surprising. When I first was introduced to the Beast Titan, I loved the design, the character design. When I started getting into the manga in the Shigen Shina arc, reading it at my own time, not being part of the community, and Zeke had that speech, you know, his first big speech, if you will, against uh, Erwin in the suicide charge, then... So basically, his proper first introduction straight away, and he was the first ever. He was the first person. My first ever video on YouTube ever about Attack and Titan was "Is Zeke Jaeger a villain?" with a question mark. That was my first ever video, and this was back when the Marley arc was probably on chapter ninety four, ninety five. At that oh, point, wow. I made a video questioning Zeke's uh, personality. I don't know why. Don't know what connected. Maybe it was fate. You know, maybe it was fate. <laughs> love at first sight. I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> but generally speaking, yeah, I've always loved this character from uh, kind of his first real introduction when he was a bad guy. Uh, from that point, yeah. It's risky making a video about somebody that early in the series. How does it hold up? It was back in 2017, so it would have been in about or two, yeah, like early 2017 when I first made it. Does it hold up? Yes, the editing style was terrible. <laughs> my commentary and you know it, it looks bad it played bad but the points still work my argument was of course that zeke is a bad guy but essentially there's more to him you know the guy himself has a lot going i mean there was a lot of assumption in the video but it does hold up i think it does i mean i can't watch it anymore i don't have it anymore but yeah i think it does hold up but it's very outdated in the content that i'm talking about if that makes sense i mean the likes to dislike ratio was quite positive as well bearing in mind it was my first video it got a positive reception i think it was like one out of eight likes to dislikes, which is interesting. I, I mean, I, I think you bring up uh, points that are quite relevant even today about Zeke. Uh, like, pe- when people analyze Zeke, they, they rarely talk about, like, his earlier appearances, which, uh, especially now, where you would talk more about his morally and the things that happens in paths and stuff, and his backstory, stuff like that, that's usually what people talk about. But, but I like that you focus more on the small moments we had with him, for example, in Return to Shingenshima. You're not disappointed with how his character developed. Falling in love no. with him back in chapter 84 or whatever, you're not at all disappointed. I know a lot of people were disappointed with his backstory. They wanted the euthanasia plan to be something... No, they wanted his character to be kind of more evil or more sinister, less human, because it made him kind of more cool. I, I loved I loved his backstory. I loved his humanization. I thought it was fantastic. That just made me fall in love with him completely. And yes, when I thought he died in chapter 115, <laughs> I did start crying on stream. That was perfectly done. That was honestly, that was so well done. Because in that moment, it was built up. You had Zeke dying there, looking back on memories, and his eyes went black. And I started crying like, this was so well done. It's been obviously built up. I mean, you know, I think for some people, it's like, well, all this context, why would you kill him off now? But obviously, I wasn't thinking about that in the moment. And then it was brought about the same chapter, and I got so pissed off and angry. Like, how dare you make me cry halfway through a chapter, killing off Zeke, just to bring him back at the end, okay? But yeah, I, I like I like the way he's been developed, the way that he's gone. I love the whole thing in Pathways, of course, with his exposition with Grisha. I think the only disappointing thing is this chapter when it comes to the lack of exposition and dialogue with Grisha. But that's another kind of worms we'll talk about later, I assume. But the start of this chapter with Armin... The uh, the commentary about uh, you know what makes life important loved it all the way up all the way up until Grisha and 
the other sifters appear all up until that moment when he when he turns around and looks at them up until that moment i think it was fantastic for zeke um and the conclusion was great with levi but i guess that's for later as well perhaps I guess I asked you all those questions because I got Zeke so wrong from the beginning that, you know, this has all been kind of pleasant surprises for me. And sometimes when you latch onto a character early, you're setting yourself up either for disappointment if they go a direction you don't think they're going to go or, you know, a lot of people start to, I don't know, regret picking their favorites or, you know, they were wrong about that. I was wrong about Zeke. You apparently were right about Zeke and stayed right about him. And Pure chance, pure chance. It's it's the gift that keeps on giving in that case. I find it strange as well that you have like Zeke and even like Flock Forrester. Um, ha- Flock had a great ending, I think, for his character and what it was a part of in the actual story. There could have been more done with him, I suppose, you know, uh, wasted potential in some ways. But, you know, I think Xander's have a really good way of finishing characters. Not all of them, but I think so far, Erwin, uh, even Zeke for the most part, uh, you know, f- he's got a good way of ending character stories. But we'll see how that plays out with the current cast, of course, in the coming month. So what about the rest of you? Was uh, Did you find Zeke's change of heart believable? Yeah, I, I do. Not, not really uh, most conflicting opinions here for me, but I think I agree mostly with Andrew about Zeke. I'm, I'm not that much of a Zeke connoisseur as him, so I, I, I can't really go into detail about his uh, development here being uh, realistic or not, but I enjoyed his uh, moments when he talked to Xavier, for example, and his father. Christian, it's and the talk with Armin. I, I like his development and his moments in the chapters were nice, nice. That that's all I can say. That's a good way to put it. I'm not a Zeke connoisseur <laughs> either, so that's why. What about you, Luna? <laughs> I mean, I felt like it was just a continuation of what we've seen from Zeke's character with his backstory with Xavier, and then when Aaron took him back through time with Grisha. So it, I didn't see it as a change of heart. It's just, you know, he had given up and Armin was kind of just there to remind him that there were still possibilities that he hadn't thought of, which, okay, it's fine. It's not my, I think, yeah, the only thing that I take issue with with Zeke in this chapter is just the beginning, like the exposition of life that feels in the whole explanation of multiplying that that felt a bit off to me, but other than that, I felt it was true to his character. So looking at the poll this month, only 16% didn't like it. Everybody else seems to be on board. They they think that Zeke's character development here was, like you were saying, Luna, just more the mm. same in what was to be expected. Can I ask a question, sorry, um, mm-hmm. about the fandom that you, you might be able to answer, Montaki and Luna, um, maybe, maybe even two as can answer it too, but what's the general reception to Zeke by the general fandom at this point, or at least even before this chapter? Do people like him a lot more now? Like, Do people appreciate his character a lot more? Um, what, what's the general outlook on him as an actual person? I mean, he's done a lot of bad things, but yeah, what's the fandom? Do they like him? Does the fandom like him? I, mean, I think so. Um, we have that on the poll, actually. We asked, has your opinion of Zeke changed with this chapter? And I wanted it to be kind of a more open-ended, like, has, how has your opinion of Zeke changed? But the rest of the poll team wanted this focused on this chapter. And you're going to like this, Andrew. 10%, I still am not a fan. That's it. 10%. This sounds so cringy, but that really warms my heart. <laughs> and makes me. I'm actually sat here smiling. That sounds so, just because people, it's not because people, it's not like, yes, I was right. Not, it's not even nothing to do with that. It's just people like his character and p- appreciate him. And that's something that I've always wanted because after all the shit he's mm-hmm. got, which is understandable, it's just good to see compared to back in the Waffle Paradise arc, 
how people see him now. That's just heartwarming uh, for me as a reader. I think it's a fan of him. That was the worst option. I'm still not a fan. There's another 20% that said, I've softened to him, but I don't particularly like him. I don't know which one I would go with. The next option up was, this improved my opinion of him. I wouldn't have minded being with him longer. And then 50% of the fandom, I liked him even before this chapter. So I don't know which which one of those I, I fall into. I mean, I definitely, my opinion of him is definitely improved. I like him as a character. I still can't forgive him for what he's done. Like, he I, I still remember when you, like, Zeke's backstory chapter was coming up and you were adamant, adamant uh, that you were not going to like Zeke no matter how sad and tragic his backstory was. And then Isayama yes. got you. He got you bad. <laughs> <sighs> he got me bad. He got me bad on Xaver, too. So I was totally dead <laughs> wrong about Xaver. Can I just hear that one more time, please? I was dead wrong about Xaver. <laughs> oh, Luna, what do you think about that? Remember, and yeah, because I'm, so I'm not trying to take over. Sorry, because I know that we had this conversation in one three two as well, didn't we? I just want to know if you. Uh, when it comes Luna to Xaver, no, no, I still think he you, is creepy, and I feel like there is backstory there that we're not getting. <laughs> There's just something not adding up with that dude. <laughs> And he's a ram, like his titan form, which is like basically a devil. So <laughs> I'm trusting him even less at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Not sorry. Uh, Should have been a whale. That's funny. <laughs> that's funny. That's great. I love it. So it's too soon to tear up our um, Xaver. For, is for me, yeah, definitely. We can still keep them in our archives. But I don't think we're going to mm. get any payoff for, uh, Yeah, at this point. But yeah, for me, it's, uh, if you were to ask me, like, uh, has your opinion changed with this chapter? Not based on this chapter, but I think my opinion has changed, but I still don't consider him one of my favorites. Sorry. (laughs) He's just, I don't know, maybe a bit too goofy and weird and out there for me to really like him. What is this? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) take that back right now people that like the alpha male characters like the the stoic chad like they've lost so many characters now if if that's the kind of character that you like the goats chad like they're all nerds every one of these guys is nerds except well even erwin's a nerd like are there any like really solid alpha male chad characters left in the story or have they all been (laughs) Yeah, just Aaron and Keith. Keith died, so yeah. Uh, no, no more, so no more yeah, Keith to shout. Aaron, who has impregnated Historia from like outer space. I don't know. Mm. It, it, it's the founding Titan power. He can transfer his, his, his yeah uh, his uh, his hallucinogenia dick yeah. into. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> oh, have fun this. with that. <laughs> so one thing that I really loved. Um, and I well, I wanted I wanted to see the fallout from Zeke's conversation with his father in Paths. Like I wanted the "I love you" and the hug. Like how much did that affect Zeke? And I actually was really impressed this chapter that the answer to that is not so much. Like when he thanked Grisha and called him dad, I thought that was good. That was enough. But the person that he really gave his love to was Xavier. And appreciation for life to Xaver. And that's when I started crying right there. I like this. I like this small little 
uh, comment to uh, Savior. I mean, it, it fits into his character, but it shows his change as well. And it's a very nice touch. I, I would like something more to Grisha, but you know, we already had the hogging scene. Uh, so I, I don't think we can really do something like that again. Yeah, I, I think I agree with both of you here on the fact that, of course, I would have liked more um, from the Grisha and Zeke. But I think, Montaki, you've nailed it on the head with the fact that it's simple, it's to the point, and the fact that, again, Xavier comes first as a father figure or as somebody that, of course, deserves at least more context to work with regarding Zeke as it does here. And a simple... like I know, was it, Montaki, didn't you say at some point that you would never thought he'd call him dad, that it was always going to be Grisha or something similar? Or that, that there was a... I mean, you know, I, I was curious to see, like, there was a lot of criticism back in that chapter that Grisha did not earn Zeke's love, that that hug, that apology shouldn't have been enough to change Zeke's mind. So people people didn't like that. People that don't have a good relationship with their family, that last minute deathbed apology, they they were unmoved by that. So I was curious. I was curious how it would change Zeke as a person. I think it was handled nicely, yeah, with it being simple to the point, thank you, dad. Like he acknowledges him and kind of understands him, mm-hmm. but there's nothing more to it. There's nothing like hugs and tears or anything again like that. It's just done with, and that's, you know, it, it, it works. I agree it works, but I would have liked a little bit more to work with with the context here. I think, we, you know, in that regard. But yeah, it works. And I like what you said at the start, like I said, about Thomas Alvia being the center of Zeke's life yeah. as a figure. which Because again, Xavier was always there entirely. for him and played with him and took care of him. And I, I guess what Zeke got from Grisha was like the acknowledgement that he did wrong. And I felt like that probably mattered a lot to him, that Grisha should have done better as a parent. And I think that's what really all he wanted or all that Grisha could give at that point. LSJ found a really good meta on Twitter. And I, I, I don't know where it was from, so I can't credit this person. I don't know if it was in the Japanese fandom or the English. But this person wrote that Zeke's family wasn't the thing that saved him. Zeke never got the family he wanted, but instead was able to find beauty on life through the moments he had with Xaver. So it was very individualistic. He was able to find meaning outside of his life, outside of his family, which is realistic because a lot of times media shows that you can end up having a relationship with your family otherwise, when often that's not the case in the cases of toxic families. The person wrote, I think Isayama did a great job with that message, especially since in Japan, a lot of cultures have that family first mindset. So they thought it was kind of remarkable coming out of Japan that this found a found family is the one that saved him in the end, that that's very unusual coming out of that culture. So I really appreciated that meta. That was, yeah, thank you for sharing that. That's not something I'd actually considered looking at obviously Japanese families and uh, how it's worked, how it works over there. So thank you for that. I do think he understands his characters. And I know like um, on a Tumblr where I did spend a little bit of time looking at the meta, the the thoughts and feelings of Zeke as an antinatalist, I'm not an antinatalist, I'm not in that community, but apparently very well depicted of that life view and and how people who have that life view, I guess, who come out of it, what makes the difference? So the antinatalists that I know, or former antinatalists, they are very grateful. They thought that Zeke was going to be punished for that ideology, 
especially in a manga that makes it appear that children are the future. But Zeke wasn't punished. He was acknowledged. He was treated with respect. And even his change of heart apparently was beautifully done. I mean, you criticize this Sayama all you want, but sometimes he gets things really, really well. I mean, even the change of heart, it wasn't like him like, no, uh, I should have been born. I was wrong about all my ideas. It wasn't like he, he still kept to his mm-hmm. ideals to the very mm-hmm. last moments. So it wasn't really a change of heart. It wasn't really like Armin changed the entire thought process in like some Naruto-styled <laughs> uh, conversation with the big god. So, so I uh, I agree with that completely. It felt to me more like he acknowledged that it wasn't his job to say if life was worth living. Like he still thought he was right, but maybe it wasn't his job to make that determination for an entire race. I mean, that's kind of how I interpret it there at the end. We actually got a comment on Twitter from our friend Paris, and Paris wrote, having Armin's hope be the counterpoint to Zeke's nihilism worked for me as someone who vacillates between those two extremes. How did you guys feel about Zeke's final moments? So I guess the point there about Armin's hope being the counterpoint to Zeke's nihilism was effective. I think we all agree with that. Yeah, I think it works, and I think you know, I, th- I think uh, I think it was Luna. I think both Luna and Scott. You both mentioned that, of course, it wasn't the driving point to make Zeke act the way that he did, but it was kind of just the the oomph to kind of make him, you know, perhaps open his eyes, if you will, to a, another perspective. A to Z fan also had a comment on Twitter. Uh, he asks, "What is or she?" What is your opinion on the focus on existentialism and does it tie well into the series themes? And the continuation of that is what uh, was that philosophy 101 lecture really enough to get Zeke and the past shifters on Armin's side? Do you think it's consistent with their motivation? Let's start with the first part. The focus on existentialism and how well does it tie into the series themes? I like that because I think it does and it doesn't. So, like the whole, you've got the whole thing of which, again, if you want to go into go into now, the whole thing of the Titans, the Titan shifters, Grisha and Kruger and everybody, they kind of and Berthold in those moments. There, are they free? Are they like free to make their own choices? Are they, you know, are they kind of, you know, agents of their own desire? Is that what we're supposed to get away from this chapter? That they're working with Armin and Zeke because they want to? Because I don't know how I feel about that being true in its entirety. I guess they are, but they just come across as just walking. I know it's such a difficult question to answer because yes, but no, I don't know. I don't know if you guys want to answer that a little bit more, but are they free? Are the people in paths free? Are they being used like Ymir's used them in the past from other shifters? I don't know. That's what I'm getting at. Like, is Armin using the shifters? And he's not aware of it. Like Ymir's been using them for her own need. Like, I don't know what to think about that. Because that's kind of fundamentally the question that he's asking, isn't it? Do they have free will? I don't know. I can't. I, I don't. I assume. Do they? Freedom as a concept within the second island is such an iffy subject. We, we don't really have a concrete uh, conception of what it means, really. Uh, it's said multiple times throughout the story, but we never really fully understand it. And I, I don't even know if the characters even understand it completely. It's, it, 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 it's, it's just something that. Um, Maybe we'll get uh, more explanations of it uh, later on. Uh, I don't know if we will. Uh, maybe it's supposed to be left up open to interpretation of what the, the themes really actually mean. I would prefer that in a way, but I also like answers. 
But yeah, ex- existentialism itself, yes, it does. It does tie well into the series themes. Yes, it does. But in this particular example, I'm a little bit on the fence about it. Uh, you know, depending on who you're talking about within the actual manga, which characters, which chapters. But yes, it is a focus: uh, free will and determining what one can do. Yes, it is a big factor. But are we talking about this chapter? <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, that's the thing. It, it did feel like there was like three chapters of content crammed into one chapter, and that's the kind of stuff that got skipped. Like, what really happened? We're missing such a we're missing a big scene, and we're missing some viewpoints. We're making assumptions that you know they willingly did this, and why it happened, how it happened, and so on. It's hard to know. I mean, I feel like there is some free will going on there, but like, why weren't what what summoned them? Like, what made them? finally have that free will in that moment then it's weird yeah i don't know i I don't have an answer to that question it's just i think that's what bothering me like why all of a sudden do you think we'll get more no (laughs) i i doubt it i think this was just like a plot device to kind of um help the alliance out and kind of just yeah, just to kind of see what the beauty in life is, because that's always been a a theme in this series. Like, life is cruel, yet beautiful, and Armin and Zeke kind of discovered what their beauty in life was. So, to me, it fit with the rest of the series. Yeah, it's just, there's no way of knowing. At this chapter, you know, again, two chapters for the end, and I've got more questions more questions. Like I could add my my list of things that I would like answers to has has doubled, I guess, because of some of what some of the mechanics of what happened here. Yeah. Well, if if we get an answer to that, then I'll gladly admit that I'm wrong, but I doubt it. So concerning the second part of uh, AZ fans question, uh, was the philosophy 101 lecture really enough to get Zeke and the past shifters on Armin's side? And is it consistent with their past motivations? Right. AZ fan. Armin's side? What's this about? Armin's side? Don't, it's, it's, it's <laughs> Armin and Zeke's side. Come on. Come on. Like, uh, it's Armin's uh. side. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, not having that. Like that's, that's not on. No, I'm joking. He's, he's correct to a degree. Um, is it consistent with their motivation? No, it's not. But it, I don't like it because it, I don't like Kruger and Grisha. Maybe this is a personal thing, and and I know you can word it differently, and it would make sense for them acting this way, you know. And I guess with what's happening recently, and you know, fighting for freedom, and you know, characters again with the existential comment, making their own choices again without talking about are they actually free but is it consistent with their motivations right kruger i think is one that can be uh, debated about would kruger willingly act in this way in contrast to what he mentions to grisha and how he acted mm. on marley originally i mean he, he he wants to free the eldian people and aaron is killing the eldian people right now so you know essentially yes but again the idea of what kruger wants um, I agree with that, by the way. But uh, the idea of what Kruger wanted from Grisha is somewhat conflicted anyway. But would that not conflict with what Armin is doing now? Like, I mean, I don't know. That's the thing. Like, does it fit? Yes, no. I don't know. 
does Grisha and Kruger know what's been happening? Or they just suddenly popped up after a speech that we didn't get without context that we don't know about? And just, you know, what were they told? What do they know? Are they are they looking at everything happening? Like we see Erwin when Hanji dies. Are they looking at the sidelines? Are they seeing through pathways what's happening in the real world? Are they fully aware of what's going on? That's my issue with this. Like, is it consistent with their motivation? Well, maybe it is to a degree, but what do they know about this whole scene? We don't know enough information about how Pathways works. We don't know what Grisha and Kruger and, you know, the rest of them know about what's going on. Also, Ymir's in the background there as well. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I don't know what you guys think because it, it confuses the hell out of me and it annoys me because I feel like if they do know what's going on, we would have had a little bit more from them perhaps. But if they don't know what's going on and they're being used and manipulated, it's kind of counterintuitive to what Armin stands for. And it also kind of complements Eren's plan a little bit too. You know, are they fighting fire with fire? You know, Ymir using minus titans from the past thousand years and Armin using recent shifters from Zeke's memory. Like, I don't know how, how you'd you know put this into perspective with consistency, I mean, and their motivations. This came up last chapter in a way we were talking about Annie and how seamlessly Annie is reintegrated in the cast. And my friend Marie made the joke that apparently there was Wi-Fi in the crystal because she came out completely caught up to speed on everything that's been happening. And maybe it's more believable for Annie to have that because Armin and Hitch were apparently reading the newspaper to her and telling her what was going on and she was apparently aware. But yeah, I think the idea that Grisha, Kruger, they all got caught up instantly, especially Kruger, who only knew Zeke at most briefly as a child, you know, that he would suddenly be caught up in what's happening and be able to make a clear determination. Yeah, it's a hole, a hole in the story. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> um, well, I don't like it, but you know, that's an interesting point. Yeah, <sighs> I, this is this is why this is why I, this is this is why I get so frustrated with this manga. Just the the consistency is just all over the place for me. Like, and that, that, now that you've mentioned that, that's going to bother me even more <laughs> now as well. <laughs> mm. um, <laughs> Oh. Do you feel part of this is Isayama trying to like? I, we got a comment on our YouTube video last month about you know Irwin would not support the rumbling. Isayama said it three different ways. People still don't accept it because they don't think it fits Irwin's character. And now we have Kruger trying to stop the rumbling. Like every character that people have latched onto as being those who would side with Aaron's ideology are one by one being picked off and forced into the role of being. Once again, is Yama doesn't understand the characters. I I know that they are fascists. Yama can't defend pressure. <laughs> He's making it yeah. for the masses oh, now. <laughs> I think I think the thing with Owen is like I that is because that's such a difficult thing to answer because we know what Owen's capable of doing. And what he is willing to sacrifice for what he deems is the greater good, which he, you know, he's always admitted he's selfish. I mean, Montaka, you can probably refute me because you know mm-hmm. uh, Irwin no, better no, than anybody. No. Um, but like, as far as I'm, you know, as far as I'm, I'm aware, like obviously Irwin, up until of course the end when he decided to let his dreams, personal dreams, go, he was always fighting arguably for himself first to get to the basement to prove his father correct over that of humanity, which he himself kind of admits, does he not? Like he is fighting for humanity. But that personal. Oh no, you're absolutely first. correct on that, Andrew. That's also why I stopped liking Irwin. So. <laughs> I don't like you anymore. How dare you? <laughs> no, I, I understand that completely. Yeah, you well, selfish, like, yeah. selfish cunt. Like all these people are dying, and you just want to get to the basement. What? 
so I, I think that's important to look at when asking would Irwin actually use the rumbling? Because again, generally speaking, you know, he's got to the basement, his character arc's finished. So you, you, I know that's the point. It wouldn't, it wouldn't matter because it wouldn't happen. But if it did happen, can you even answer that? Because there's no content that would make it kind of answerable because Irwin's point was the basement, right? That was his, there's nothing after that for Irwin. You'd have to just make up your entire, it's basically, what do I think of Irwin? Do I like him? Do I not? There's nothing to work with, with Irwin and the rumbling. I don't think, even as a theory, it's very surface level because Irwin's mentality could have shifted completely after finding the basement had he lived. His entire purpose might have, you know, he might have gone into depression. He might have reflected upon what had happened to get to the basement. You know, we don't know what would have happened to him as a person mentally. Had you he think survived he would have called Armin. an Aaron and gone genocidal maniac? I doubt it. I doubt it. But what do you support? <laughs> well, he does, Probably not. Like no, no, I agree. I don't think he would have supported the rumbling, but like, I just don't think there's any point. It's just such a, such a like open-ended question. Right. I just... Yeah, you know. Yeah. But now we're I'll having just... that question now with Kruger. People are doing the same thing with Kruger. They've latched. We asked in the, I don't know, maybe, I don't remember which poll, which characters do you think would side with Aaron? And we listed a whole bunch of characters. And I think 60% of the fandom, the highest was Kruger, thought that would side with Aaron if he were alive in that day and making decisions. And uh, the other one that was super high was Kenny Ackerman. Yes. So yes, characters yes. like Kenny and Kruger and, you know, so so to have Kruger, you know, when you've got 60, 70% of the fandom thinking that Kruger would side with Aaron here, to have him actively fighting Aaron now is kind of a smack in the face for those people. I personally, you know, being who I am, know for a fact Kenny would never support the rumbling because Yuri was Kenny's guy and Kenny ultimately would go with Yuri. Or, you know, that's kind of a slap in the face to everything Yuri stood for. And that's who Kenny cared about. Whereas um, Kruger, I didn't really have any opinion what he would do. I think it would take a lot for anybody to support a full-scale genocide of the entire world except for one island. So my tendency is to think nobody. But yeah, I feel bad for people that thought Kruger did because they've lost yet another card in their hand. Go ahead, underscore. Can you just ask, where does the thought that Kenny would support the rumbling come from? I don't know. People who just view him as selfish, I guess. I just said yes, 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 but ignore that. (laughs) 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 Yeah, you're right. I don't know why. Yeah, 100%. Because Yuri, 100%, yeah. He would have stuck by Yuri to the end. I mean, he he wants to be a sympathetic person. He wants to be like Yuri. uh, I know. But don't. But what you said before, I know the character better than Isayama. <laughs> oh, of, co- of course, of course, of course. Uh, we have already pre-established this. <laughs> no, I mean, this thing about your, uh, Kenny supporting the rumbling to me, that's one of those that I could go on a 40-minute rant about if we needed to, because it's against everything Kenny and Yuri were striving for. But with Kruger, I do think there's more gray area. Like if we're talking about somebody who was capable of doing awful things, Kruger had a whole life of doing awful things. The number of people that would be Jaegerists is just dropping ex- like everybody. The only ones we're left with, the only one people are left with hoping for is Historia. Oh, they, Lord. That belief that she is supporting Aaron. Because otherwise, mean, wasn't they're dropping like bumps, flies. But refuse to be believed. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it's a lack of uh, Finnish conversations. Get ready next month, Montaku. Aaron I know. and Historia uh, oh. had a baby. Um, and she likes genocide. <laughs> like, oh, no, no. <laughs> 
Uh, you can rub it in X Lash's <laughs> face as well uh, when it doesn't happen. I can't wait. I can't wait. I will say this though, like as much as like the histrionics, this chapter that I saw on your server and also on Titan Folk with people like burning their manga volumes because of this chapter, I would be very tempted to do that. If if X Lash is right and Historia had the baby and supported air, whatever, I would that that you will see histrionics. So I will yeah. put Titan Folk to shame with my level of you have histrionics. To. For the last two months, you have to just go all out just just for the memories uh. and the you know the banter and it finishing. But on on Kruger, like like I said, um, I, I honestly underscore. I think you nailed it at the very start of this conversation when you mentioned, of course, Kruger was actually fighting to save Eldians uh, across the world. So again, what kind of viewpoint are we looking at it for Kruger? Because I know Montaki mentioned that people said if Kruger was on Paradise during that time, does that mean he was growing up on Paradise, or does it mean you know it's like that's what I mean? Like how are we fa- right. how are we phasing that point? But I think what Kundaskar said is correct. Like if Kruger saw this based upon him. Which is which is what's happening in the manga. If he saw this and saw Eldians across the world being killed, who he himself wanted to save alongside those on Paradis, would he have been supporting Eren? I don't think he would. I mean, I think he would support the death of Malians mm. and the control of the world in some sense, but the absolute destruction no, well, of the world. Well, he wanted probably not. Yeah, you're right that he wanted Eldians to be free. The thing is, maybe looking at the current state of the world, he realized that only the Paradisian Eldians could be free, and he would take that as opposed to, like, none of them being free? <laughs> Fuck, he might actually, yeah. That makes Fuck. no sense. <laughs> it do- I-, I don't know, like, I think it would fit with someone like Kruger. Like, if it- I think, like, people like Flock and stuff, I'd see them as quite, you know, realistic in the sense that they they act on, they, they act and they do what they think. You know, they, they have mm-hmm. an opinion, they have a thought, and they'll follow it to the bitter end. And I think if Kruger sees the option being all Eldian, or some Eldians alive, or... The option, the other option, which of course there isn't one really, is there? Not what we, peace isn't an option. We know this firsthand. So what, 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 what else is there for him to support to save the most people of Eldians? Either the rumbling or just let the world invade Paradis. I guess you know that wouldn't fit his plan. What would, the, what would be the alternative for Kruger based upon what he True. wants to do? And I keep thinking back to like the future memory he had of "Don't you want to save uh, Armin and Mikasa?" Have we had that? Uh, we have we haven't ha- we haven't really had a full explain, but I, I think people say it's uh, it relates to the moment where Grisha gives Aaron the Titan power and he's like, you have to save Aaron and Mikasa, uh, Armin and Mikasa, mm. right? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's the only way that I can reconcile it at this point is that Aaron sent that memory back to force Grisha's hand to force Grisha to act at that moment. So it wasn't a benevolent. It wasn't um, necessarily an honest thing it was manipulative you have to do this mm. if you want to save armin and mika said that it was more manipulative on aaron's part than an earnest desire to protect them which i don't know how mm. i feel about that either but that seems to be the prevailing be, wisdom yeah hmm. but i mean we also have a fandom that thinks that aaron ultimately killed his mom <laughs> that he said dine at a killer to motivate young aaron so <laughs> things are looking really bad for aaron right now Hang on, hang on a minute. Wait, who, who says that? That's, that's oh god, I'm so okay. stressed out. <laughs> I'll catch you. I'll catch you up, Andrew. So you know the memory you. shards. You know the memory shards. Yes. Wait. Yes. Okay. Aaron, you know this, right? Aaron, one of the memory shards is Bertold looking at Dinah, mm-hmm. and Dinah getting into the walls. So yep. the idea is that for Aaron to have Bert and Dinah's memory is an indication that he was involved in that moment. 
So ultimately, it's that he made the choice to kill his mother because it would motivate young him because this is the point he wanted to reach. So Aaron's been the architect of everything that happened in his life to get to this point. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. I don't know. I feel a little bit scared (laughs) about that uh, Uh generally. Uh, Andrew's just thinking about the time loop theories with them. Yeah, I am. Oh. I'm like, I hate that idea. Please don't. I swear to God, if we get an ending with time loop, at this point, it wouldn't surprise me. It's all a repeating cycle, you know. And and they have to. And Armin has to break the cycle. <laughs> well, uh, we talked. We talked about this. I think two podcasts ago. That love, love being is Sayama's inspiration, and it is a redo after redo. Okay, can I mention another Final Fantasy reference? Of course. <laughs> so in Final Fantasy 13, you know, the whole plot is also based on Norse mythology. So and there are three games. And in the second game, the world kind of uh, gets destroyed, but not really. Like time stops flowing. People don't die anymore. Does that sound familiar? Kind of like paths. <laughs> and then in the third game, the entire world actually gets destroyed, but also gets reborn. So they go, they kind of go from like their Final Fantasy world to being reborn in the real world. So you see the main character in a trade in France. So oh. I, what I think is like the Ragnarok thing could be like, okay, the world gets destroyed, but then they end up in like the the high school universe i don't know no no <laughs> no, no don't say that don't say that Stop. i mean we have the memory shard of the <laughs> high school universe <laughs> so what's it doing there <laughs> yep it's coming if that happens like i will laugh and cry and I'll be just, like, <laughs> it would Lena, be the you, biggest you, you, fuck you from a film i love i love that i love that and i hate that two, i hate I for the next two months i'm not gonna be able to sleep at night now thanks know. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> The appearance of the high school AU in that memory shard. You can say he did it as a meme or a joke, but mm-hmm. what if he didn't? What if he didn't? Oh, it, it, it's just a reference, man. You know, it's just a reference, girls. Come on, like. like. But, but you, you, have, you have to understand, Aaron in that universe, he dreams of Attack on Titan all the time. He does. It, it ends with him, uh, and so he opens his eyes. It's just gonna, it's gonna just be like that. That's gonna Basically. be the Wearing and they'll all be wearing the clothes. Aaron will be going to school. Do you guys remember that? Um, there was a bonus page at the end of one of the volumes. Aaron waking right. up to go to school. Yeah. That's yeah. actually the final, the final panel. And, and, and oh, life is so boring. Yeah. I wish something could happen. <laughs> if that was the ending, if that was actually the ending, and like the manga ends, and like you know, it's and like you know, the actual ending is like generally waking up in a high school slice of life. I mean, Iziyama did mention that he wanted to make a high school story next, didn't he? Probably not Attack on Titan, obviously, but it'll be something else. But, And that is is the Muv-Love ending. That is the Muv-Love. The Muv-Love is a high school AU that turns into all of this crazy worlds and do-overs. Yeah, but Muv-Love is like it gets progressively worse, right? With each do-over, like they they try to make things better, but they end up making things worse. Right, whereas this would be the reverse. It would be better. But I feel like that's kind of defeats the message a bit, like life is cruel yet beautiful, like to end up in high school. Which is always cruel. Yeah, high school is always cruel. (laughs) That'd be a terrible ending. (laughs) I just think that many of the fan base. I mean, I get, I get where this is coming from, and I, yeah, I do understand if it did happen to some degree. Although I'd, I'd hate it, but 
I mean, does this would Islam even care about the reception at the end of the day? Would he even be bothered about if people didn't like it? So yeah, that that's like yeah, maybe that's a good thing in many aspects of his writing that he doesn't care what the fan base thinks. So I can't sit there and say, well, it matters now, so I'll keep my mouth shut uh, and wait and see. Well, let's move on now and uh, talk a little bit about Armin. I know we've touched on him before, but it was one of my favorite parts of the chapter where he kind of talked about his personal memories that made life worth living. And I'd like to get your reaction on that. I mean, I think it fits within the the themes, the manga in a sense, and within the Armin's character. And it also, you know, gives a little tie into Sikh's nihilism in that sense, through showing how he, he he's happy being born because of the moments he has spent with, for example, Xavier. It, it wasn't always a worthless existence. Uh, so that's why I think I enjoy that moment. A lot, mostly because of uh, Tyson to seek, not really through Armin that much. I really liked what you said, Luna, about how we've kind of had the idea that the theme was going to be babies are the future. Oh, right. And yeah. yeah, you brought out that that's, you know, the theme is that life is worth living for a variety of reasons, not just children. Uh, I really liked that. And I had not heard anyone express that yet. I mean, children is uh, a moment just like what uh, a small uh, as, as more of a bigger moment than for example walking the marketplace with your friends it's it's a moment just like any other that makes together with all the other moments of life makes it worth living so i'd say it ties into the the greater thematic purpose because uh, if you're going to look at it from this perspective 137 it seems that the greater thematic perspective of second titan will be the meaning to live on or the meaning to live. For example, Aaron having his friends being the meaning for him to fight and live on and Zeke being his being an opposite of that, uh, showing he doesn't have much meaning in living except stopping others from <laughs> living in, in that sense. I really like that, I, I, you know, the complaints about Godman and that Armin da-da-da-da-da, but there was, no, there was nothing special here. This was not a talk nujutsu. This was... There was no 200 IQ plant. It was just Armin being Armin, just Armin being who he is that made Zeke think. And um, I, I liked that. I liked it a lot. For, for, for me, going into Armin here, like, I agree completely with that point, Montaku. Obviously, Armin, again, is a very, he always has been. You know, he's been a young lad. He's very vulnerable. He's always you know, been the weakest of the bunch. It's, you know, At the start, he says, which I like this message, he says at the start, it says Erin, but it's Erin. I don't know why that was mistranslated. Uh, but Erin brought up the idea and took off out of nowhere. We cast around two, but stayed behind him on purpose. And Armin says, and of course, I was dead last. It's always been that thing in the manga as well, where Erin's taken off, we cast it, and Armin of Ord tries to chase after him, but always fail, in a sense. Um, and I like the fact that, of course, that kind of correlates quite nicely, again, in Armin's speech here, with what happened at the start to how again that kind of is the entire thing in the manga right they're always behind Aaron at some point he's always running off doing something at some somewhere um and they're left behind but it does like you said Armin talks about reading a book feeding a squirrel such simple little things and it's Armin's personality he's such a nice little I don't want to say nice little boy because that'll come off really wrong but you know he's he's a bit of a bit of a sweetie you know it's a little kid that you know, sits at the back of the class, or he's a quiet one in the corner. But everything that he's been through has kind of grown him quite a lot. But I think with Bertolt's memories, given who Bertolt was as a person, it's kind of made him look back on that a lot. 
which people kind of, kind of ignore. Because in, in, in Chicken Sheena, we get kind of more of a ruthless Armin, I guess. He's, he's kind of taking on some of Erwin's traits and Erwin's, you know, he looks at Erwin and sees what Erwin does and Erwin kind of acknowledges that himself in Chicken Sheena by giving him a squad, right? Um, but then when he gets Bertolt's memories, he kind of doesn't regress, but he kind of starts to see it from Bertolt's point of view, who was also very quiet and timid in his own way before he kind of had his, you know, wake-up call in Chicken Sheena. And I think Armin looks, looks upon that quite well in the following arcs, in the Mali arc, the Waffle Paradise arc, and I like it because a lot of people say he doesn't develop, but I think Armin kind of takes a step back in the later arcs because he's, he's looking, he's listening, he's paying attention to everything around him. And I, I think that's kind of charming to me and people kind of look at it as Armin doing nothing, but I think Armin is doing something and I think he's just not being responsive in the way that people want to see from a main character. But that's ignoring Armin as a person because Armin is the quiet one at the back. He's not voc- He's not the most vocal. He's not the most aggressive or in action all the time. And I think it's fitting in a way, even again, even if again it is disappointing with little context. But this chapter here kind of solidifies the fact that Armin is still who he was, and he's still got a lot to say. And it ends up changing Zeke. So you know, good on you, Armin. I say that was a bit of that was a bit of a waffle. Sorry, did I say that? Saving Zeke. I mean, <clears throat> they saved each other. You know, there you go. <laughs> They did. They saved each other. That's a good way to look at it. I mean, I am happy with it. A lot of people expected uh, Armin to just uh, save the day with epic big brim plan, but it wasn't really what he did. So I'm, I'm content. But yeah, the big Tottenham like, yeah, I'm glad it wasn't that way. And I think that, you know, but let's not talk about that final panel, uh, you know, where he's being held. No, no, no yeah. let's not talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, ignoring that part, I think this actual start was fantastic, yeah. It worked for both Zeke and Armin's character. And it was, it was, it felt very humble, I think, as well for both of them. And I think for me, it was just humble to read it. I think Isayama, sometimes the big reveals end up being super understated and that it's a little jarring at first, but then on reflection, it works. And I think this is another one where the moment just felt very small, but that works. I just wanted to mention there was a meta on Tumblr I really enjoyed by A Spoon of Sugar called Running Up That Hill, which we'll link to. And she talked about how how that race moment was just like perfectly summed up the dynamic of EMA. And it reminded me of something that uh, Underscore and Andrew, that you guys were talking about, how well Isayama knows these characters and how when we get these little moments, they're just perfectly fitting for who they are as people. And the fact that the kids were just walking and Aaron's the one who turned it into a race. He took off leaving them behind. You mentioned that. And, you know, Mikasa staying behind him and Armin just enjoying nature and the breeze and being with his friends. And it's just, it's moments like that that are just really special in the manga when he demonstrates that he does know who these characters are and when it fits their characters perfectly. I I really like that meta. So I'm going to link that one down below. Yeah, I mean, on on the comment of Isyama knowing his characters, yeah, and like, like I just can't, yeah, hundred percent. Like, scenes like this does show that he understands his characters really well, and it's like so frustrating, obviously, at times. I guess in recent times that we get such amazing quality like this. And again, perhaps I'm being unfair, and I probably am. And it's not your story; it's Isyama's. You know, stop complaining and whining. Oh, f- I hate people do that. Um, but you know, yeah, I, yeah, just yeah. I'll, I'll probably read what uh, they what they've written actually because it sounds there. Uh, you know, interesting as well. It reminded me of a of an older moment in the anime and in the manga when they were trying to identify who Historia was, when Hanji goes to the, the trio and says, who is this person? And each of them gives it a definition of who she is that makes no sense, no sense to Hanji. Like, 
Aaron says she's the smallest soldier because Aaron cares about the battle. And Mikasa says, oh, she's the girl always with Emir because she focuses on the relationship. And Armin says she has blonde hair. You know, Armin gives like a useful explanation of who this person is that might actually help Hanji identify her. So this moment, this flashback moment of the three of them kind of was the same for me. It was one of those that just really helped highlight who they were and what their dynamic is. So I thought that was special. I mean, I I agree with the meta, like that um, Aaron has a misconstrued understanding of what freedom means. So yeah, and Armin is just... Armin, I, I don't have any strong feelings about Armin, so I'm kind of left with nothing to say. I'm sorry. So, yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean he's just a simple character. You can't really go on and on and on about him. But just, that's just what, what works about him, I say, because his simplicity is what makes him fun. Yeah. So he is simple, it's and he not, did a simple thing here. No talk, no jutsu. Honestly, I think Armin's quite complex, <laughs> but I'm not going to start. I think he is in his own. It's not complex, but yeah, I think there's a lot in to his him. own way. But the, the is he's Isayama's Gary Stu self insert guys. <laughs> oh, that's Gabi. No, that's Aaron. No, mm. wait, no, fuck. Uh. <laughs> Something else that happened in this chapter was that we got some really shocking revelations about OG Emir about the world building that paths, and I'm not sure that I understand this. I don't know if you guys do, but paths were created as a result of Emir's desire for safety and connection. I don't know that that rules out her being a slave there, or, you know, I I don't know that it changes everything, but, you know, definitely some world building. And we got an ask from Monica So, who said, I feel like Isayama mixed biology with some sort of magical powers because how can a parasite unite people in a parallel dimension? I'm so confused. And also a welcome back to Luna. So this revelation about just the the whole setup of paths, like, is it the centipede that did it? Is it Emir's desire? I didn't get a lot of answers there. I don't know. I'll just toss it out there for you guys to talk about. Underscore, what about you? What can you say except Tyson magic? It, it's just like, it's it's just magic. That, that, that's the main matter explanation for, I'd say, why paths exist, can exist in the first place. But why it exists in the way it does is uh, maybe it's formed through Emir's uh, mental states. Because maybe if the parasite attached to someone else, paths would have been looking much different. For example, the only thing in paths is the tree. The only thing she values is the connection to others, I'd say. But I mean, like the appearance of the leaf and the baseball, is that something that she, how, you know, I mean, again, you're right. It's magic. We don't need to meta this. No, 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 no. Okay, okay, okay. Because, because the, way, the way I see it uh, is that because um, uh, paths exists uh, as her interpretation uh, of life, uh, the connection to others. And may, maybe when you're in paths long enough, it will change according to you. So, uh, Something that's connected to you shows up in paths, connected to you and your thoughts, potentially. Like the, the leaf and the baseball showing up, because it's not the same for everyone else. I wonder if that factors into that vision of Aaron in the clouds when he saw the scenery and he hollers at Aaron. Maybe that's the same the same mm, demonstration yeah, of that power. Like, I honestly say because uh, it's, it's, oh, it's in the same scene when he's in the paths. Uh, and he mm-hmm. looks back to Armin. It's not like a transition. It's, it's just shown to be in the same scene. 
So that's the first instance of something appearing in paths because the person wants to see it or, yeah. I'll say so at least. Because when Emir got her powers for the first time, she fell into this sort of realm that wasn't paths, right? Oh, no, they went underneath the tree in the water. <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't know if it's like actually Yeah, realm. yeah. I don't know. It's just like... Well, if we saw the the flashback to um, the hallucinogenia, there were multiple of them. So maybe there's other trees with I mean, the, the parasite, way, parasite water. water <laughs> the way I see the it is, uh, <laughs> it's like it clearly has some realm warping capabilities here. So you know, I don't know what kind of conclusion you can draw from it, other than say it's. Um, well, let's just say that the same parasite that gave her the powers also somehow led to the creation of paths. Well, yeah, you can, you can maybe say that that empty void is the, the because the parasite has no uh, personality connection, something else. Yeah, it's not a sentient entity at yeah, this it's, point, it's right? It's, yeah, it's exactly like that. It has no... Like, in the same way a human It's just is. trying to stay alive. I mean, the idea that I get, and we I think we talked about this last yeah. month, was that the paras- a parasite doesn't have a consciousness. It wants to reproduce. It wants to stay alive. It wants to use its host to do that. So it feels like, in this case, the centipede is the battery that gave Emir the ability to create the world that she wanted and keep her alive. It gave her the ability. It's not driving the ability. No, and then in return, it's kind of feeding off her in some way, if it's a parasite. My question is, at the start, obviously, we have the parasites in the ocean at the start, um, you know, 50 million years ago, uh, sorry, 50, like, millions and millions of years ago. So, like, were they parasites then? Were they just, were mm. they creatures then? Were they life forms? Did they attach to other creatures? Yeah. So, what, so one of them survived and became a parasite and lived in the tree. Uh, this is what I mean. Like, it's like, it's, and it, like, it's just, it's just <laughs> linking it together is quite problematic. Yeah. Yes, it lived in Yggdrasil and, and then it uh, found Ymir but, and then anyway, giants. Yeah, like, I think like Underscore said, like, it's, I guess putting the, 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 uh, the boxes together isn't exactly, you know, going to be easy and maybe putting the matter isn't going to be uh, useful anyway. But. I don't think we'll get more explanation than this anyway. Probably, unless there's more to the parasite. But that would be that would feel like a cop out indeed. That would be like the real enemy is the worm. <laughs> the real enemy is the worms we made along the way. <laughs> so you clearly have not read the theories <laughs> that there are two worms, oh, and that oh, I yeah, have, I have. I've not read these. No, no I haven't read those. But good. What's the theory? <laughs> the- go ahead explain them so emir has one and aaron has one is that the theory well, at I this think point like, i think the one if, if, if you're talking about the thing uh gigaslavo said it's uh, yes it's that the titan also has a worm and it's like a major minor worm thing and uh <laughs> what <laughs> yeah it's it's a little cray cray but uh it's something it's it feels like cope ultimate maximum but but didn't that theory get a lot of upvotes on Titan Folk, or am I imagining that? No, it did. It did get a lot of uh, traction on Titan Folk. Yes. It sounds overcomplicated for the sake of overcomplication to me. So there's a there's a mini worm parasite thingy in the shifter, yes. and there's a mega worm 
in the Titan. And that's why if you kill the worm in the Titan, the Titan disappears, but then the mini worm can regenerate. Apparently Reiner is wrestling one of the worms, but not the or other something. worm. Uh, we will put, we will, we will add the meta. <sighs> we'll add it to the, to the description for people who would like to read it. Okay. I, I, I maybe yeah. if I read it, it will make more sense, but yeah. Let's call it two, two worm theory, the two worm theory. <laughs> I love that we're calling it either a worm or a hallucinogenia. It's like, <laughs> but yeah, we we had a kind of a long chat in the Discord last night about the world building issues, and I think the final decision that everyone came to, or whether we like it or not, is that we just have to nod our head and go with it. Like it is a combination of biology and magic, mm. like Monica so said, and you know, under a microscope, it's going to fall apart. It makes no sense. None of it makes any sense. You you cannot science the science side of Tumblr cannot fix this, or the science side of Twitter or wherever the science side of things exists. It's it is what it is. This is this is the world. Do you guys think that Emir now sides with the alliance or? How how do you read that? Uh, yes, I think Ymir says the alliance because uh, she realizes though they are protecting their friends, so she under, she sees her longing for friendship in them, and she sides with them. I, I say I think that's what they're trying to show. At least she has switched sides. I don't care. <laughs> to be honest, like sorry, like <laughs> just like lama, like. I can, I could hear, uh, hear yeah. some heavy breathing. I'm like, what's going on in Andrew's mind yeah, right now? I've got no answer for that question, really. <laughs> Can't wait for the ship section where Andrew has to talk about his favorite ships. Oh. <laughs> what about you, Luna? Do you think she switched sides? Honestly, I have no idea. And it looks like the fandom doesn't either. Because if I look at the poll, uh, which asks the same question, if she's siding with the Alliance right now, I think 50% is like, everything is so confusing. We need more information to know. And that's why I stand because I, I feel like if, if it really is a, a sort of connection she longs for, she could go with anyone who kind of shows her that, like a connection between others or towards her. So if Aaron pops up again and says, oh, Emir, I, uh, I will keep you safe or something. Let's be friends. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> she will work in Aaron's favor now. I have no idea. It's, it is confusing because she created, apparently, according to Armin, if Armin is to be believed, she created the Titans of old to fight mm. the Alliance. And then Armin and Zeke made the modern Titans to fight mm. back. And they're all still fighting. So it's like whichever side she's on, she's got horses yeah. in both races or something. But yeah, mm. I, I, I hope we get – this is the one area that I hope we get a little bit more on, just what Emir's thinking because it's confusing. You shouldn't have 70% of a fandom confused about something unless you're going to clear it up. And I think looking at the results of that poll option, that's the one that people are confused about. Just what is Emir doing? Mm. I still think it's interesting that 35% say that she isn't on anyone's side. Mm -hmm. She's just letting the situation play out. I'm like, okay. She, she does seem actively involved with it somehow. And yet she's always a bystander. The only time That's we've seen true. her not be a bystander is a few chapters ago when the 104th were running to Aaron. She appeared and knocked them back. So in that case, we've definitely seen her protective of Aaron. And now she's observing. So maybe we'll get more on that. Who knows? I'm not holding my breath for <laughs> same, anything same. anymore yeah. at this point. Like we're so far in. 
I do care about Yumiya, by the way, just to point out. Like, I do like her. I do want the best for her, but I, I'm at the point now with yeah. the story, like you said, Lynn, like, I just, whatever, whatever happens, happens, right? You know, but hopefully yeah. it ends in a good way. Yeah. Who thinks she's going to be resurrected as uh, Historia's baby? Do you know what? I'll go with it. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll make a bet now, yeah? We'll make a bet now. I'll go with that. It'll be, oh, the baby will be named Yumiya or something, right? All right, I'll take a bet. But she will be named Ymir. <laughs> It will be this Emir reincarnated. <laughs> but, the, but she will be called Emir because well, Historia likes the real Emir that she knows. Exactly. So it's double meaning. Go big or go home, Andrew. What's your What's your take on this? You You've already you went on Twitter and you <laughs> you you cast your lot in with a certain community. Oh lord, I, I never thought the community would be that like into it. Like it's mental. People are crazy. Um, honestly. Um, so do I think do I think the baby's going to be actually Ymir? Honestly, Reincarnated no. Reincarnated. No, 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 I no. don't know. No, I think it'll be called Ymir, maybe because as underscore said, I think he was being sarcastic. <laughs> I actually take it seriously. Um, but yeah, no, no, maybe, no, maybe, no, maybe I, I will be called Ymir. Seriously, <laughs> I was halfway seriously on that point. I think it'll be called Ymir, but I think it'll be someone else. Yeah. Well, I mean, if if the hill world gets destroyed and we get a new world in return, and it's not like rising from the ashes like we're going to build again but like completely new who says that all the Eldians who went to paths cannot be reborn at some point I, I'm counting on you it you can have Erwin back mom the he's going to come back and say <laughs> he's going to come back and say I don't support a rumbling and then mm-hmm. we'll leave again that's all that's left that's all that's left with his character <laughs> do, do you not think though I mean I know we discussed that already with the ending of the high school but do you not think it would be so disappointing if at the end that is actually the ending like the, like everyone just gets transported so it's like it just like well what was the point of this yeah. entire story was it just yeah. I mean that's that's wrong because it was a great journey but you know I mean I, I really hope I uh, <laughs> that my joke isn't coming yeah, to it, be Izzy Amma's watching <laughs> a real thing <laughs> <laughs> now that you've heard it what percentage like do you think there's a 20 percent chance of that happening or a two percent where do you now that you've heard it now that you can't unsee it where are you andrew i don't want it to happen <laughs> at all so zero percent on that front but okay. now that you've mentioned it now that you, now that you've mentioned it i can probably <laughs> see it happening knowing Izayama. um I'd probably give it. I'd oh probably. Lord. I'd probably give it. Oh no! 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 I don't want to say twenty-five. I'll give it fifteen percent chance of happening. I can't believe I said that. Like, mm. <laughs> 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 fifteen is a very big number, Andrew. Fifteen is, is a no, very big number. I know. High school ending. Like, I don't know because Islam is just <laughs> mental. Like, I can just imagine it happening. Just. Uh. <laughs> All right. What about the other? You guys have to answer that question too. Uh, uh, 0.1% please mm. Isayama please don't do this I'm begging it's you it's not if you want it it's not if you want it it's do you think there's a chance <laughs> oh Isayama is such a fucking troll he could do whatever, <laughs> like he can just <laughs> he could do some crazy shit with the ending like just rewrite the entire story and make it all pointless he, he wouldn't do it but he could I, I, I can see him doing that and that hurts me in uh, many ways <laughs> but still makes me excited I think that would probably be the ending like no matter which side of the fandom you are with like the alliance or the Jaegerists or wherever <laughs> like that ending would yeah, it would hurt everyone like, everyone would like, hate it right. Yama really <laughs> succeeded with that statement you know 
So I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that there will be the last part of the high school AU in the same volume that concludes this manga. He, If he continues it, in the high school AU portion, he's going to leave it open that that's the case. He may not end our manga with that, but in that high school AU, I guarantee you it's going to be... It, we're going to read that and we're going to think, oh, crap. You know, like it's going to connect the two. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, he, he, oh, he, yeah. He, something he, like he, referencing that. A joke that. About that. I can oh. see that happening for sure. Uh, so yeah. people who want to believe in a reincarnation of the in a reboot, that love-love ending, that, that high school AU is going to go that way. And it will be possible. That, that seems more likely. Yeah. yeah. He gets the best of both worlds that way. <laughs> He just wants to go to his sauna. All right. Well, before we go on break, I have a personal question for each of you. If you were in paths, what would Armin's leaf look like to you? Oh, wow. That's a question. Um, yeah. I have to think about the one, actually. I mean, it's, it's the little things, right? It's the little things. Do you have an answer for that question, Montago? I don't. <laughs> I'm asking you. <laughs> Well, like, like in, in, as a, a small object, like a like a like a baseball or a leaf, I would say potentially you, you could say my my computer mouse because I have a lot of connections to other people through my Ooh. computer. So that would remind you of the people in the outside world. Yes, that's so. a good answer. Probably something food related because you know when you eat food, no, but you can share the food, and my best memories are when eating good food with my friends or. Something like that. Mm. Uh, I was going to say something daft like my Zeke body pillow, but I don't have one, so I can't really use that. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, when is, when is your birthday, Andrew? Uh, <laughs> well, May time. Is May that time. absolute happiness um, for you, Andrew, when you were stroking your body pillow? <laughs> yeah, I just sat there, like, yeah. cuddling it and, you know, caressing it and, you know, quick, quick <laughs> little kiss before I'm getting far off to winter this, I'll stop. Yes, um, <laughs> please. <laughs> Um, no, I have a teddy bear that I had since I was since the day I was born. Um, I still have it now. It's across my room for me. Uh, just again, it doesn't signify much, but it's been with me since the day I was born. So it's kind of like a companion of mine, I suppose you could say. Um, so I probably have that just because it kind of solidifies me as a person and my life uh, as long as it has been going on for. So, yeah. We asked that question in the poll and it's like every... Yeah, a lot of them are joke answers, obviously, but some of them are more serious. And one, like one I saw repeated a few times, was people saying a pencil, uh, my dog's collar, my friend's doodle, my stuffed animal, my cat, somebody else. That's personal. What the fuck? <laughs> a harmonica. Yeah, Montaku. What the fuck? <laughs> I know, but it, it is. It's um. Like, as I read through the list of, of things that people have put in that, it, it does make me wonder, like, you know, there's a story behind it, for the mm. ones that were serious anyway, you know, that, you know, there's a story behind what it is. So I think it's a good question to ask. Yeah. So now that you've heard our answers, do you have an idea what could be your leaf or baseball? No, I, I just, I can't boil life down to an object. It's your tumbler. <laughs> no, 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 that's, no, heck no. <laughs> well, it's not just one moment, right? Even for Armin, it's, it's, was just more like a significant moment. Well, I like what you said, like for like um, a meal uh, that just connects people 
you know, to, to have a something food related or I, I would think in, in my life, it would be something food related as well, just because all of the best moments or, you know, car trips, because that's when the best conversation happens and sitting around a dinner table. So it would be something connected to one of those things, just those times when you're disconnected from the world and you're just really focused on another person. And I don't know what that would symbol would be. I have to ask, um, just in case anyone did write something serious, did you get any responses that were kind of like like a wedding ring or like the ashes of like somebody or anything? Sorry to get quite kind of serious and grim on that. I'm just curious because I would have thought that somebody in that poem must have said like a wedding ring or for, or for like forever ring or something like that. Uh, some, I don't know what the what audience person, of age like is. but Well, these are mostly Reddit and Twitter. Um, that one said a necklace from an ex, and I would like to know the story behind that one. Ooh. That this is going to turn into a very gossipy discussion. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> like they're married now and they have kids, but they are always longing for, you know, the one that got away. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder. Or maybe they learned something from a bad relationship that changed their life. I don't know. Mm, could be. The fact it's from an ex is the interesting thing. And they hold it. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, here's one that's kind of cute. A shot of gold tequila with cinnamon sugar and an orange slice. Best night of my life. That's great, that. See, that <laughs> sounds like that. a good story, yeah. to be honest. <laughs> one that I would like to partake in, but... <laughs> all right. Well, we'll take a break. And uh, while we're on break, you all can be thinking about what your leaf would look like in paths. <laughs> we'll be right back. Welcome back, everyone. Now we're going to talk about the actual battle taking place. Surprise, surprise. Because we have the modern shifters appear and enter the battle with a little help from Zeke and Armin. Uh, Let's start with my favorite, well, second favorite part. That's uh, Jean and (laughs) Peek finally together. And uh, (laughs) Peek's... Getting saved by Jean, and it's the rise of Fingerstein. I mean, what what else is left to say about that? Do you know about this, Andrew? The rise of Fingerstein? I don't know. I've, I have no oh. idea what this means now. Okay, so Peak Finger and Jean. Horse and cart, Fierstein? the new, yeah, 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 the yeah, new yeah. ship. You, you need a horse to, to have a court, you know? <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, Andrew didn't know about horse and cart? No, I didn't. That is great. Oh, my Lord. Oh, that's great. Yeah, sorry, go on. <laughs> no, no, this is exactly the reaction I was hoping oh, for. Keep going, yeah. please. <laughs> oh, so, so basically, like, because obviously he's got a horse, he's a cart. Oh, yeah, I get it. Right, all right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and the ship know, name the is ship, Fingerstein. Because, you know, oh. he, he's holding on to her, like, they're so close, and it's... Oh. Well, hang on, let me look at the... Oh, yeah, because he's got his... Oh, he's... <laughs> got his arm around it <laughs> exactly <laughs> oh yeah okay i ship it yeah okay yeah let's do it i'm, I'm down for that that's great i mean 
People who try to kill each other make the best couple, of course. <laughs> uh, like, yeah, two months ago, she, he blew her up to pieces. You know, uh, great relationship go great ways. He did try to kill her, but apparently, you know, it's hang nice. on, Andrew. I'm going to drop a picture in the Discord. Mm-hmm. There you go. That's Fingerstein. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that last one, oh. Oh, Jesus! Oh. oh, this is something. Oh, this is great! Something awesome's come out of this chapter. I'm so happy. This is great. Oh man, <laughs> the fact of fucking ha- hands missing as well, like just finger. Oh, just even that just got me. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> look at them together, though. Like, oh, the look. Oh, it's. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'll. I'll yeah. If Jean and Pierre end up having a happy ending with each other, I'll. I'll take that because. I'll take I mean, that. and he likes girls with long black hair. Likes, come yes. on. And John wants oh, to start a family. Maybe you know, peak. You know. Oh, <laughs> in one twenty-seven. No, it's, it's peak. It's not Picasso. It's peak. <laughs> peak oh. with an extra scar. <laughs> Underscore. You can um, you can speak to this in the Discord where the chapter was universally hated. Fingerstein was loved, yeah? Yes, indeed it was. It was actually uh, proclaimed as the, the greatest moments of uh, Chapter 137. Oh, people on the service said that? multiple people, including Mike. Oh, nice. I, yeah, Mike said that multiple times. I know when I posted the link to the server in the Discord, the very first reaction I got from anybody in the Discord was, why was Fingerstein not put as favorite moment? Because it was literally the only good moment in the chapter, according to them. That's made my day, by the way. That's that's actually made me so happy. Like I'm just sorry, <laughs> giggling, I'm sorry, secretly giggling to myself still. Like I, oh, the fact I didn't know about it as well. Like you know. <laughs> so Andrew, according to the poll, twenty five percent of people did not know about Fingerstein. So you're not alone, but you're that's definitely good. in the minority. Yes, twenty five percent. The rest, uh, we've got sixty percent who love it and sixteen percent who despise it. So. Really? People lack taste. Dang. <laughs> now that we've all recovered from the glory that is Fingerstein, <laughs> what did you think about Gabby being able to actually hit the Okapi while on a flying bird? Like, uh, she's a good shot, but that seemed a little bit... Um... I mean, uh, it doesn't face me anymore. It's just like, I've set it. Okay. I, I don't like it. I, I think it was cute, though, seeing here together with Levi. <laughs> like, he's a babysitter now. That's all he's good for. <laughs> That's what surprised... And maybe it shouldn't have surprised me, but there was an explosion of, like... Remember all the Aaron Emir art, yeah. father-daughter art? I saw this with Levi. Levi and Gabby. Yeah. Like, now Levi's got... This, is what, this was the reasoning I saw. You know, Levi has fulfilled his promise... He's done. He needs a new purpose to live. And now he's going to be like Reiner and that the children are the future. You know, Gabby, you know, basically Papa Levi adopting the kids. (laughs) So I don't know. I I don't know that I take that much from this moment, but it was cute. I got more of an uncle vibe from the fandom. He's got his arm around her, though. I think that's what really touched people so much. Uncle Levi, what more do you want to 
last month um i sat in my i think it was a discussion actually i think we mentioned it on the discussion with where you were with them on taku uh i said i swear to, i think i said i word it for word i swear to god if gabby ends up shooting something on the back of that bird uh <laughs> next month i'm gonna scream so um <laughs> i've not screamed yet so <clears throat> no i won't don't worry no, I don't uh, like 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 underscore like whatever like uh, whatever man like I don't like it. I think it's just whatever you know, cool, all right, whatever. Next, you know, it's just like it's just like. Uh, Where did she even get does that, that make gun? Sense? That's what I'm wondering. <laughs> did you hate it as much as you thought you would hate it? No, because I kind of I think you know again coming into this now not with mild expectations, but I kind of am like. And I think before I'm in it for the fun, just for the end, I don't think I hate it as much as I would have done had I been as involved with the manga as I was a couple of years ago. But nah, whatever, you know, it's 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 not like it's something that cannot be explained, I suppose. So I can't like say it's, you know, it, it's illogical, but I don't know. I just think it's just convenient as hell. And it's just taking, taking advantage, not taking advantage, but I just think, you know, it's taking liberty a little bit here uh, with how absurd it actually is. Just how is Gabby such a good shooter? I mean, yeah, she's a child warrior, but she's 12 year old for God's sake. Like, come on. I mean, I know that it's Attack on Titan is Titans and stuff, but didn't Izyama comment and quote in an interview at some point that he likes to go for realism as much as he yeah. tries to? He's take I mean, yeah, come on, what, what is this? Like no, I mean I don't know anything about rifles and things or anything else, but the kickback with the rifle when she shot Aaron on the head, I get it. Levi's holding her, she can't fall off, but even then, shouldn't her like her shoulder dislocate? With with a force that hit in the back, I, I'm getting into technicalities yeah. here, which I probably shouldn't do, you know. But if Izzyamin wants realism, which he claims to want, and he's doing this, uh, and I know I it's think that's you know, it, gone it just, out the window. He's just trying to make it look yeah, cool it at this point, I guess. I mean, uh, even then, uh, Attack on Titan is fundamentally broken as a realistic series because Odemic doesn't work in the first place. So, like, <laughs> when you're gonna start to pick a pick a off like small moments like this, it's like, oh, this isn't this isn't like this doesn't work. We should just move Odem gear as well. Then, if Gabby can shoot the rifle, I, th- I think people are just mad at Gabby or something. Yeah, I think you've got to accept it in the end. But like I said, I mean, yeah, true that. I mean, the three D maneuver gear is kind of illogical anyway, right? It wouldn't practically work. But yeah, I'd, I'd say I'm not a fan. I I just it's just a bit <sighs> predictable, I suppose, but predictable in the way that you don't want it to happen. You know, uh, that's my issue. But like I said, I'm not like gonna. I'm kind of crying about it now, but I'm not gonna hold it against the manga overall. But uh, you know, it's not something I look back on fondly. Then again, I did defend the whole thing with her shooting Erin. By the way, I defended that. Uh, I thought that was good. <laughs> you did. I thought that was. I, I did. That. I thought that was good. But this one, just again, I think, you know, her shooting, fair enough, even with a rifle that size, but on a moving bird with a pink point target and an eye, it's a little bit different to me. So, you know, <laughs> but whatever. Like like, like underscore said, you know, it is what it is. And it's a little thing, I suppose, to move the plot forward. Yeah, I uh, I just love Uncle Levi. There's been a, a lot of good fan art in that regard. So I'm, I'm loving that. <laughs> he can open his tea shop now. <laughs> no don't (laughs) sorry I'm just crying (laughs) so we also saw a new titan which was uh, Xavier's beast titan form which looked like a ram and previously uh, he said that he wasn't as useful in battle which always made me think that his beast titan being a mole was a Good guess, but now we saw that it was actually a ram. What what do you think about his usefulness in battle, in this beast sight and form at least? 
I think we asked that on the poll. Like, does that, was he lying or I don't know? All I can say is uh, rest in peace, whale uh, believers. I know. (laughs) There were people who thought he was a whale. (laughs) Yeah, Tony's devastated. (laughs) Wait, did we put whale on the poll? We might have put it on the wall. You did, did, you did, you did. We did. Yeah, yeah. Someone tried to meta this, and I don't know that I believe it or not, but apparently if you look at the Chinese zodiac, what comes before monkey is goat. And that maybe the rota- maybe the Titan powers, because we did see other animals that are common on the Chinese zodiac, but apparently someone else came back and said that the Japanese zodiac is different and that that order is not the same. So I thought it was kind of a fun idea at first that the animals followed the zodiac, sheep followed by monkey, followed by dragon. I was going to say, I can't wait for a dragon, you know. Like. I mean, I mean he, he, he's, taking, he's taking inspirations from a lot of cultures. Where are my tigers? Mm-hmm. Where are my dragons? Uh, where, where's my whale titan? Where's the rats? <laughs> it's a nice idea, but I don't think it works. But it's a nice uh, little thing. No. I mean, I understand why that kind of meta was being written, because people are trying to reconcile Xavier saying that he was useless in war, and then he comes, we find out, I mean, a ram. A ram is a pretty, you know, that's it's not like a mole or a whale or a slug or I don't know, you know, it's, it's, it's an animal that can do some real damage. Maybe it's not a durable, maybe it's like, because Reiner has his armor and Seek has his throwing ability. You never, you don't really know how could Seek is in close range. He's very, he's easy to just like break down. He's not very durable. Another thing that's worth noting, I mean, I completely like what you said, Luna, about it be, him actually being a mole. That was, that would have been, oh, that would have been great. That would have been hilarious if he came back as a little mole and like, I'm going to have to hold him or something. <laughs> I would have loved that. Um, but the height, the height of him as well. When he, I'm just looking at the chapter now on another screen, uh, there's a scene where you see him literally ram into another Titan, but he's so short. And I can imagine, of course, maybe I'm looking at this a bit too objectively, but if you look at it from Manny's perspective, they have this Titan user that obviously shifts its appearance. Then he turns into this, like, you know, maybe like nine foot Titan. And the risk of losing that Titan is not worth putting him on the front lines. You know what I mean? So maybe that's the kind of conclusion that Marley came to when not putting him on the front lines and keeping him behind with his brain instead. Um, but I'm just trying to justify it here. Andrew, when when you said he was ramming into another Titan, was that a pun? It, it, it can be. It can be if you want it to be. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well, it was kind of, yeah. <laughs> I think the design's cool. Um, but uh, I prefer what Luna said about the t- about um, him being a mole. I think that's a much better idea that these women could have gone with. Although, again, I think uh, a little bit of comedy wouldn't have been fitting, I suppose, in this scene. So people trying to, to make sense of it, the poll, 40% think that Xaver was lying to Zeke in that moment that his Titan was useless in battle. Or that he was lying in general about that because his interests lied more in science. So by he kind of like acted like he was useless in war in order to be able to focus more on his true interests. So, but I think Tony will be really happy. 19%. I wish he had been a whale. This is why he should have been a whale. So that's 20%. That's pretty good. That would have been great as well. <laughs> just a giant yeah. whale just drops down. <laughs> <laughs> just starts flapping around and falls off everything. Yeah, he just breaks all of his spines. You can just imagine like all the characters stop fighting, just look down just, at this whale flapping on the floor. <laughs> I can only imagine like um, the Pinocchio story with Monstro now, so... Like he's just swallowing everyone on the battlefield. Ooh, that would be good. <laughs> and then, of course, we see Xavier's Titan again, but this time in a wonderful lotus flower pose with Bertolt 
and Grisha and Kruger's Titans. I'm sure there was something symbolic about that. I couldn't tell you what, but maybe some of you can tell me. I mean, the comment that I heard most was that that this was Isayama's annoying Armin worship <laughs> to put Armin in this pose. And that was the opinion of 14% of the fandom. I mean, I didn't even realize it was Armin at first. That was in the middle, because... You don't see him in, I see in someone, but I didn't, I didn't realize that was Armin. Let me put it like that. But it was like some weird pose. But like, if you think about what a lotus flower means in Fisherman Buddhism... Uh, that every person has potential to become great and enlightened and become perfect. You, you, it becomes kind of similar to something arm arm wrong worship, but I don't think that's what Isayama is going for in this page. Uh, it's hard to say. Like the symbolism works. Like it, it can represent like rebirth, long life, um, and other things, which I think fits. You know, if you want to push it that way with you know titans and the 2000 year curse and you know them living and getting past this and it looks great like this image of armin looks fantastic it looks, great. it looks yeah it looks great but it also in the context is ridiculous it, it, it's cringe sorry it is cringy you know that whole one two six with we're going to save the world <laughs> oh stop stop you know this isn't what i read attack and titan for if people enjoy it that's fine i think it looks great if that's colored in it's going to probably look really good but the context behind it is sorely lacking in anything that I think is substantial to showcase something that good looking, if you ask me personally. You could argue that these people were like the catalyst, more or less, of uh, what's taking place right now. Because Kruger, you know, he had the attack titan and passed it on to Grisha. And then we have Xaver, who gave his, passed his own ideology on to Zeke. And then Berthold, who, break the, who broke down the first wall. So without them, we wouldn't be here where we are now. Uh, I, I guess. I mean, you're not wrong, but it's a bit... I don't know. Yeah, because I mean, I cannot see it in any other context because, it, like you said, it doesn't really make any sense to have this cool shot in the middle of a battle. We did ask on the poll, like, is it aesthetic? Does, is it symbolic? Is it arm and worship or was it a functional? Was there a function to it? And I had argued that we do an all of the above, which of course is the easy answer because I do think it's all of the above. I think it aesthetically looks amazing. You could meta this panel all day if you talked like you did, Luna, about what their roles were and how they're positioned here. It is probably a little bit of annoying arm and worship, but there's also a, a, maybe some function to it because. Only 7% of the fandom selected this, but it was brought out, I don't remember who suggested it, that having Bertold, having the backdrop before Armin exploded would help to direct that blast. Like maybe there was a functional reason. So if that's the case, if it was to kind of like push the blast forward towards the head of the Titan, then it's a little more forgivable. But I think in this case, it wasn't all of the above. I think ultimately, Isayama did it because it looked cool. Agreed. Agreed, yeah, yeah, definitely. He seems like the person who just do random things like that. Like, that's why we have 134. It's just like Isayama is drawing things because he thinks yeah. he cool. This mm -hmm. panel seems like, okay, let me just show off my art skills. <laughs> I think there's been a lot of that recently. And I'm not saying that as a criticism, but there are so many chapters now that we've gone looked at and said, it looks amazing. The art is amazing. But then the content's not living up to what we'd hoped it would be. Kind of the, it 
the reverse of how the manga started. Exactly. It's all a cycle. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so um, I have to concede something because I said we would never, ever see Freckled Emir again. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Her story was Mm -hmm. over. It's done. And I still Mm -hmm. stand by Mm -hmm. that latter point. (laughs) 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 But we did see her again in Pats and we saw her Titan saving Aaron's, sorry, saving Reiner's ass once again. So, yeah, I am sorry, Montaku, you were right. Wow. <laughs> okay, I will just enjoy this moment. <laughs> I I loved seeing Ymir again. I I was hoping, and, and I'm going to go ahead and, like, while I'm on a win, mm-hmm. keep making wild predictions, I really, really, really still hope that uh, we get another moment with her and Historia. I just feel like that's... Just anything, just seeing each other, just something. I, I am continuing to hold hope. And yeah, so you can tell me wrong manga. <laughs> and when that doesn't happen, I can concede to you. But for now, I'm going <laughs> to stick with the idea that it's still not over. I'm, I'm sad that they didn't have anything to say in paths. So do you guys think we'll see any of them talk? Kruger, Xaver, uh, Freckled Emir? No, I don't think so. Yeah. I think it's too. I think if we would have got it, we would have had it this chapter, which is a shame because I would have liked it as well. I would have really liked it. Yeah. Can we bring back Willie now, Aspel, please? We have bring, we brought back Kruger. Can we bring it back another one note character? Come on. Bring back Willie. <laughs> it was every every shifter that had a connection to Zeke, but Lady Tiber is not there. Uh, no, so yeah. maybe maybe Zeke didn't know her. That's fair. I think that's impossible. impossible I mean, he didn't know Kruger wasn't, wasn't she? As either, right? Or did he? He knew Kruger. Did he know Kruger? He did, yeah. He was... He'd met Kruger. Yeah. He would have been the person that he would have gone to. Oh, do you mean you mean Zeke would have known that Kruger was the... No. They would have met. They had a connection. I think it's possible that they could have met at some point because... Because Kruger's fascination with Grisha, he probably could have like checked out uh, Zeke on uh, his warrior training or something. Just because, you know. Well, Kruger was in the background when Zeke pointed the finger at his family. He was there. Wait, yeah. was wait a second. Yeah, and, like he He's... was there. He was there when um, when they were arrested as well, weren't they? He turned up there. He's, he's, I think he's in the background or something. You don't see him properly, I, I think. And it, 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 yeah, it makes it makes complete logical sense that you know he would have spoken to him at least and said something to him in some regard about his parents. So there is a connection there, but how far that went is dubious, I suppose. But there was something there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Kruger is there. Hmm. Can I just go back to one thing? Grisha's Titan is really, is really, it's bigger than Kruger's. I mean, I know that's Kruger. I assume in his prime, not the one at the end when he was probably more weakened, but. Grisha's attack titan is bulky and big, isn't it? Like <laughs> he's a big guy. Like he's thick. He's, he's thick. thick. Yeah, he's thick. <laughs> yeah, that's the he, word. Yeah. <laughs> he has a beer belly. Yeah, it's a titan with a dad. Bod. Just like me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> give me another ten years. <laughs> oh, I know. Understand why he's your favorite character. <laughs> <laughs> you got it now. I do love Bertold's fingertips of chastity, where he's like perfectly positioned, so they don't have to wear. Um, Underpants again in the Malaysian version. What? Oh, you hadn't heard about that, Andrew? <laughs> I'm so behind this community. What, what do you mean? Oh, you're gonna you're gonna love this. Andrew. Oh, in Malaysia, the uh, everything is censored. The Titans are all wearing like uh, underpants or swimsuits, <laughs> but sometimes it's really weird because it's like transparent still, so you have like <laughs> it's not really covering anything. What? 
<laughs> but yeah, everything but is censored in the Malaysian version. We're not joking, by the way, Andrew. It's, oh. it's ID. It's, yeah. So the female titan is completely, you know, covered I, I, up. I was on an example in the, the shots. <laughs> that looks absurd <laughs> as hell, wasn't it? Malaysian comic manga senses. <laughs> That's not an entire manga, no. That's just like the one thing. No, no, it no is an way. No, no, look way. at him. Look at some rhino. No way. That looks ridiculous. <laughs> Aaron one is great. It looks like there's some like high school gym boys working out or something at the local swimming pool. Oh, like, he's looking at the latest one. Then it's oh really laugh all the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. What is that? It's like it's going up to his bloody chest. Like it's going at. The... Um, um. That is, oh, that Don't is. Don't die, Andrew. That is great. When did that happen? Was that was that this month? Was it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think people found out about it like this past month. Oh, that's, that's hilarious. I'm gonna. Oh man. Well, now that we've all had a good laugh, I wanted Andrew in specifically uh, to think back about the first time he read this chapter and he saw Levi decapitate Zeke. Because I saw you live stream that and you just completely shut down. There was, I thought the, your screen had frozen, like nothing, nothing was showing on your face. So tell me what was going through your head at that moment? In that moment, I wasn't, I was processing what I'd seen. And in my head, I was like, does this work? Does this not work? Do I like this? Do I not like this? And like, I wasn't like, I came away from that and I think, when I kind of like processed what I'd read, I was like, right, we'll just leave it there and I'll keep going for now. Um, because that was like, it, yeah, that was just something for me that I really just had to kind of think about. And, you know, and I think my reaction after that was just complete denial. Like, you know, this is stupid, you know. Um, uh, yeah, that was my initial reaction. Uh, in hindsight, I like it. I like it a lot, which might sound surprising. So why the change of heart? What made you like it? I think it? because, again, I, w- I revisited all chapters uh, after reading this uh, you know, over the past week uh, prior, looked at certain things. And obviously, I think rereading past couple of days has kind of helped me a little bit as well uh, with discussing uh, certain characters. But honestly, I think this is fitting and it's also somewhat tragic because Zeke is free. I mean, I think I think um, I also read Montaco Meister, I think at some point, you wrote a comment at some point when I was looking at the channel. Uh, you mentioned that, of course, Zeke, for the first time, feels happy. He's actually free of the burden, which, again, and look, look at the imagery here as well. You've got the imagery that Aaron sees himself as a child, but this is Zeke in the real world, feeling free, feeling content, feeling like he can let go. And it's almost, it's like a happy ending. As silly as it sounds, it's a happy ending for Zeke because instead of, I always thought that Aaron would kill him and it would be tragic and Zeke would die, you know, without achieving anything. But in hindsight, this is probably better because Zeke has actually gone ahead and done his redemption arc, as short as it is. I wish it was a little bit longer, as we know with the context. But he's done something wholesome. He's connected with his dad, as short short as that was. He kind of understands, you know, well, not the perfect, it's a little bit silly. It's a little bit forced, perhaps, for some people. But I think it fits his, his narrative. And it's a nice, it's a nice conclusion to him and, like, his sense of perhaps, you know, just accepting and embracing the fact that what he did was wrong, but the fact that, of course, you know, he can't change it and he's done what he can. Also, I think the bit, the bit that I like, I like about it the most is his comment where he goes, you know, I wish we could have still euthanized everybody. That was great. 
Like, I don't think the plan was a mistake, but it's not going to happen. So I'll do what I can to stop Erin, like his dad asked him to do, and try and do the next best thing. And that was great. That was fantastic. And Levi killing him, right? That, that fulfills his promise to Erwin. But Levi's face, like, you can tell that after so many times of trying to kill him and not being able to kill him, this isn't what he wanted. I don't think Levi's going to come away from this happy because he's done this so easily. But what he's done is what Zeke wanted him to kill him. And Levi probably didn't want to get that happening. Zeke died and he's probably happy with dying. And he's happy that Levi did it to him, hence him calling him out. But Levi's not going to be happy with that because it's what Zeke wanted. Look at his face. I don't think he's happy. I think we're going to see consequences for Levi in the future and some mental breakdown, perhaps. I don't know. But yeah. I like it for both Levi and Zeke. And honestly, I think it's fulfilling. It's Levi that kills him. And I'm glad there's no final big fight between them both. It's short. It's sweet. It gets to the point. It's done with. And we'll see what happens next. I think it's great. Um, I would have preferred Erin still. Don't get me wrong. But Levi killing him is the next best thing. Paris on Twitter asked us, how did you read the look on Levi's face as he finally got to kill him? Was it relief or? And Andrew, you you think that it that there's a lot of mixed feelings there? All right. Like you said, Levi had to know that Zeke emerged to be killed. There is no way Levi did not know at that moment that Zeke was waving at him to come kill him. I think what's interesting is that his face doesn't really change that much. Like his eyes when he sees Zeke are like pinpricks. His face is already weird, right? And then after the kill, it doesn't change that much. So I do think that the face is mostly astonishment, just disbelief that this is happening. This is is what he wanted and it's right here. And yes, Zeke wants this too. And what comes next? There has to be an entire swarm of messy emotions that come both from killing a person, from wanting that person dead, and from waiting four years to do it. So I do think there's going to be a little bit of emotional fallout, but mostly I think Levi's feeling relief. I I have to think that this is a relief to him, not just that he got to fulfill the promise. Maybe it wasn't the way he expected the fight to go, but I don't know that Levi cares about how the fight went. I think he wanted Zeke dead, and I think he got it. I think what's funny is in the fandom that I'm in, the the ones that really do favor Levi quite a bit, we're shocked. Nobody, I mean, we all hoped he'd get this chance, but I don't think anyone really would have bet money that it happened. So to see it happen now, you know, Zeke got what he wanted, Levi got what he wanted. That's the story now. Uh, you mentioned his face maybe being regrets. I don't think Levi would ever regret this, ever. No regrets, right? Yeah, I don't. maybe I no finished that one. No regrets, yeah. He, he won't have any regrets, but that doesn't mean he enjoys it. No, no, of course not. That's Levi, right? He's spiteful. He's vengeful. He wanted Zeke dead. I don't think that makes him happy that Zeke had to be in that position. He was hell-bent on killing him. Come on. <laughs> this was his final tick mark in his list of things to do, and there's no way he yeah, regrets but it. Maybe because Zeke welcomed it, and it also led to the end of the rumbling, and Zeke whole purpose in that moment was to stop the rumbling it was a win-win i don't know i yeah but did it feel like that's what i mean was it really a win yes. for levi the look on his face made me think it was maybe like a empty Agreed victory yeah for him like there's no no real feeling uh behind it not the like relief or satisfaction that he had hoped for i think it's relief imagine wanting to do something for four years for your you know 
the one promise, last chapter, the one order that he couldn't fulfill, and here he is fulfilling it. I mean, we'll see. A future chapter will answer that, or maybe it won't. Maybe it'll always be left to us, whether it's empty relief or genuine relief. But I have to think it's genuine relief. I mean, like I said, no regrets. I mean, do you have any expectations for him after this? I, mean, I don't want him to retire and settle down. Maybe because, again, it's just my opinion and my perspective for so many years. But I like you, Mataki, I wanted him to die in some way. But maybe, I don't know. I don't know. Cause I, if he retires, I guess it's fitting as the last member of the, you know, because he's always lived and everyone else around him has died. I guess it works thematically as well. So I don't have an issue with it. But I don't, just don't, I, how can this guy have a happy ending after everything he's lost, everything he's been through, everything? I just People think that's worth a happy ending. But for me, like Erwin, he needs to rest. And, you know, would he want to live in this world anymore after losing everybody and failing with Aaron and everything else? Do you think he would? I don't know. But. Because he needs to live because he's the only one who can remember those moments. I was going to say that too. <laughs> Ah, that's true. Yeah, very true. It ties into what Irvin said, and it ties into what uh, Armin and Stig said this chapter. So I'm just, I'm just gonna say, I'm just gonna say, he's gonna, he's gonna get meaning from the people he's lost, and he's gonna live on, uh, happy in a sense, but not really happy. I'm fine with him living, but I'm, I'm also fine with him dying. <laughs> I would have liked Zeke to live, but that was, you know, I, I accept this, and I think. Coming out of my reaction, like I was, I felt something I've not felt in a long time, and I think it was because I lost my favorite character. After all these years, he's finally gone, and I actually felt, like, I felt, I felt empty inside, and I don't know how I'm, I, I'm surprised myself of feeling that way, you know, with a manga character, but I felt so empty inside. Like, is this it? That's it. You know, he's gone. That's it. Must have been the same for you with Hanji. Uh, I assume um, Momtaku. Well, with Erwin, um, probably with Erwin. Erwin, yeah, um, but like. You know, like in in, re- in in retrospect or on reflection, like, yeah, I'm content. Like, I would have preferred it if he'd lived. I would have preferred it if things were different. But I think out of all the ways that he could have gone, this was a good way compared to other possibilities of his, him uh, finishing his arc in the story. Not the best that I wanted, but far from the worst. So I'm content with it. Like you said, he, he got a happy ending. I exactly. mean, you never mm-hmm. in a thousand years thought he would get a happy ending. And I think no matter what happens to Levi now, he gets a happy ending too. He did what he set out to do. He finished his mission, and whatever happens now, whether he lives or dies, he has a happy ending. I, I don't see any way that, even, whether he lives or dies, that this is not a happy ending for Levi. I hope I don't have to eat those words. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll be sure to remind you if you do. You will. All right. <laughs> so we did get a couple of asks uh, about Reiner Vital on Discord. Uh, the talk about who would be the next Helos of Marley, I believe Reiner is going to be this person. I can see him grabbing the trident of one of the Warhammer Titans and stabbing Aaron's head, mirroring the Helos statue in Marley. This is something that a lot of people talk about. Those tridents are are there. It's wrestling the worm right now. Explosion <laughs> is about to happen right now. Luna, Reiner Helos has it happened or are we still waiting for it? And what's it going to look Next like? Next chapter, it's going to happen for sure. What What specifically? Um, he's going to kill the worm. He's going to stop Aaron and he's going to take one of those spears out of his back. And I don't know if he's going to put it in Aaron's Titan head or actual head. I don't care at this point, but Reiner Helos. Next chapter. Okay. Definitely. Underscore? Uh, 100% it's going to happen. Uh, you can't tell me otherwise. It's been built up this entire time. Uh, like it or just like it, it's going to happen. 
So Mikasa is not going to be the one to kill Aaron. It's going to be Reiner Helos. Director Kill. I don't know a director Kill, uh, but I I will say it will be on a form of Helos statue. Uh, like Isayama definitely showed us his past two chapters that he loves his like grandeur imagery. Uh, mm-hmm. So he will one hundred percent just do a repeat of that image because he can. Yes, Andrew. What about you, Reiner Helos moment? Hundred percent going to happen like you said all all the parts are there you know this trident the head the imagery of course from what willie saw and what we got to see in the mali arc with you know the original helos it's all there if it doesn't happen then Izyama is just throwing us a red you know throwing us a, a ball and just saying ah you, you know i'm just taking the piss you know and he's done it before with that you know he's kind of showed us something and he's taken it away from us uh, in the past but it's it's there. It's going to happen. Whether it amounts to him killing him, like underscore said, I couldn't tell you. But it's definitely going to be a helos moment, and hopefully, it's going to be a good moment for Reiner. Perhaps we get to see him rant a little bit towards Eren. Um, I'm not sure, but uh, it'll be good to get a little bit of information there between those two if the chance arises, perhaps. And maybe maybe Eren is forced out of his Titan head by Reiner. And then, of course, I, I'm a bit of a fan of a beatdown. Um, I like a fist fight. It's not going to happen, but I'd love Rhino and Aaron to go to blows, fist and fighting. Uh, you know, a bit of a macho fight, but that's not going to happen. Definitely Helo, so 100%. We're going to have the imagery there, basically. <laughs> I think that finishes our manga discussion, but we do have a few more questions from our listeners. One was from Shanta, which we had already answered in the conversation about our thoughts on the returning previous shifters. Andrew hated it. The rest of us accepted it. (laughs) Yeah. And also about that Reiner Helos moment, which everyone thinks is definitely going to happen. But we have one from Pince Zero on Twitter. What are your thoughts on the consequences of stopping the rumbling? Do you guys think that what's left of humanity will leave paradise alone? This kind of speaks to the consequences that people are always talking about. They want to see consequences. So, underscore, what do you think? What are the consequences of stopping the rumbling? Mm, I, I don't think paradise would be destroyed in any sort of way. It's we don't have time for that, anyways. But it seems like it's building up for, uh, uh, especially to what's the man in the. The, the general uh, Mueller or Commander Mueller said it seems like it's definitely going to build up to some kind of peace ending, peace conclusion throughout stopping the run. If it's about like the Jaegerists on the island, I think the entire Jaegerist movement have shattered you now with the death of Flock and uh, with a uh, big part of their military force being destroyed by uh, uh, not only the Alliance but also Magath and Shadows. So I think, I think that entire movement has just been taken down from uh, power. So these theories that have emerged, uh, Andrew, you may not know about these. Luna, I'm not sure if you do either, but there are theories now that Aaron is going to restart the rumbling and some of them are really creative. Like um, there's one theory now that Aaron is powering this Titan form remotely from Shiganshina using Mm -hmm. the Warhammer Titan power because the uh-huh. Warhammer, yes, but not using a cord because the founding Titan gives him the ability to power it remotely. So he's he's on, okay. he's in Shiganshina, powering this Titan and the rumbling. And that with Zeke dead, he's going to run and find Historia and touch her Beast Titan baby and restart the rumbling. So I read that as well. He would run over to her naked, burst out of his crystal, and restart the rumbling. Yes. So whether or not you like that theory, uh, the <laughs> idea that Aaron's going to restart the rumbling is out there. 
that and that sounds so far fetched. I love it. I absolutely love that. That would be a, <laughs> that would be such a curveball if that happens. Mm. Like, it, I know it, there's maybe a lot of issues with it, but yeah, I'd love that to happen. That would be such a, like a one eighty on everything. I'd love it. <laughs> That's a great theory. I mean, considering it took him what from one hundred twenty three till one hundred thirty seven to stop the first run. Do we really want another one to start with two chapters left? Probably not. <laughs> no. So there is also a theory that, and we asked this on the poll, which theory, and some of these have a lot of support. Remotely powering the Titan is 37%. 66%, he knew this was going to happen. It's part of his Lelouch plan. So I just thought I would throw that out there, that that's an idea people have as well, that Aaron planned for this. <sighs> I know. I don't like that. There's a reason it's called the Lelouch ending. Yeah. All right. So do we think this the rumbling is stopped for good, or do we think it's going to restart? Considering how much... Two chapters. Yeah, I don't. I think this is it. The, the, okay. the thing is, obviously, um, Prince asked the question. You know, the, the consequences. I don't think we're going to get any. I think we're going to have like an open-ended conclusion. Um, I was hoping. I know it's not going to happen now. I was hoping that we get something, some, some, something like a reference or a king to Lord of the Rings in the books, uh, where of course you know Sauron's defeated, meaning Aaron. Um, Paradis go back to well on Lord of the Rings after so many years they go back to the Shire but the Shire has been destroyed in the books of Lord of the Rings by Saruman who's still alive or called Shaku and of course Paris would go back to well you know the one and fourth will go back to Paradis and there's a civil war going on and of course the Jaegerists and the populace have risen up um, and they've actually taken control because again the populace of Paradis did seem to be wavering i think you know maybe it was a vocal minority but for my look at it in appearance i think it looked like the Jaegerists were kind of more vocal and probably going to take control anyway without flock so the the ending would be essentially Aaron's defeated they go back to paradise they arrive in paradise shit there's a civil war there you go that's it but that's a bit like that's not that's not his style is it so it's not going to happen that way which is unfortunate because i'd love something like that but uh no i don't think the rumbling i think the rumbling stopped i think 60 percent of me thinks it stopped 40 percent hoping for something a bit more tragic with it starting again and oh dear Aaron's dead but we can't stop the rumbling that's it game over paradise survives Aaron wins but again sort of the one and fourth in the alliance um you know live with what you've got um uh, mm-hmm. but yeah uh, but I I think that, yeah, 40% chance that it's probably going to start again, 60% chance um, it's stopped for good, and we'll get the conclusion in the next two chapters. But I don't think we'll get any context in Paradise, and if we do, it's going to be rushed at half a chapter. Underscore mentioned that, of course, perhaps the Aegis could be overthrown. On that, maybe. Who's that girl with the glasses that we've not seen in the garrison? Rico! Rico! Yeah, maybe, maybe that's a chance for Rico to return, and we'll see them get back to Paradise. Rico's like, I know, Rico led the move. I'm, I'm, You're holding out hope for that. I am! Uh, you know, She's yeah. on my bingo card, the return of Rico. It's got to happen. She'll, yeah, maybe she took control. I don't know. Uh, we'll see, but it's, it's a good question. I need that bingo. Oh, oh, on my bingo, Andrew, I had one of my, one of my bingo squares was um, that Zeke, what did I say? Zeke acts like an ass or he's some kind of a jerk, Zeke, whatever. And I can't, I can't even mark it because he was nice. Like he didn't do anything. <laughs> I had to cry when <laughs> he died. I'm so, so happy. Bummed. I, I got Zeke back, but I didn't get him being a jerk. I got him being like a super nice guy. So I missed a bingo. If only it was like, like oh, he well. said to Aww. like he said to Levi at some point, he goes, if, if, you know, if only things were different, you know, maybe we could have been different too. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh. You know, I'm, I mean, this chapter single handedly uh, destroyed four of my um, bingo tiles, so 
Which four did you? Which four did you lose? Uh, Levi dies. Seek final panel. No shifter dies. Oh. No. Yeah. Oh well. Well, I actually have potential to have bingo in one place. So. Oh, that that's tricky. Reiner Hedos needs to happen. I need I need Beast Titan baby. <laughs> There's a good chance for both. Mm-hmm. I'd say. Still think it's Z called oh. the baby at the end, by the way. Just pointing out. But if it's not, <laughs> but like, uh, if it's not Zeke, then it must be the farmer. And if it's not the farmer, then it's definitely Grisha in the past or something. I, I don't know. It's not Aaron, though, is it? Or Armin or Jean. But... Don't know. It could be John Halding. With the Fingerstein baby. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's actually... <laughs> Do you, need to, do you need to put someone on the cart? Otherwise, what's the point of having a cart? In a exactly, horse, like, a baby <laughs> stroller. The baby stroller will be the cart. Oh, no. Okay, but wait a second. All the Jaegerists that hate this because like, it's destroyed their vision, their ending, and who still want Aaron to be the father of Historia's baby and be in the final panel, the fact that they're all shipping Fingerstein now means that maybe they'll be okay with the final panel if it's the Fingerstein baby. Like maybe this was mm. Isayama's plan to yeah, give them something to make them happy. Yeah, I'll I'll be fine. No. With that. Yeah. I mean we would be, but I don't think the people who were like Chadron, you know, cause going to wipe out the world as you know, it's all, you know for his baby. Vengeance that's completely understandable and legitimate and not a bad thing at all. And yeah, he knocked up the one real waifu of the series, Historia. I mean, everyone knows uh, that the person in the final panel is going to be former anyways. So, just, oh, are we allowed? Yeah. Fingerstein baby. <laughs> Can we all agree that Jean's a good character and that he deserves a happy? Because he yes. won't, he he said to Flock in the Waffle Paradise, like Flock says to him, you know, Flock says to because I'm assuming Jean and Flock were good friends um, in the one and fourth at some point, um, you know, because it kind of bounces off that way to me. Um, but you know, Flock says to Jean, you can all you can start that family that you've always wanted, and then we get the flashbacks of Jean looking into his head, thinking about you know being in the in a, you know in a in a part of paradise drinking some wine with a wife behind him and everything and you know Jean wants a happy family i think he's the only person in this manga that does want that uh but you know he wants to actually have a family and have a kid and a normal life so it would be fitting for him to hold a baby and say you are free free from the burden of what i've had to live my life and i like that yeah i'd take that 100 percent, 100 percent. and it would be it would annoy a lot of people which would be funny but uh you know i'd like yeah <laughs> i'd like that a lot personally yeah, still on the like the consequences. I kind of like what you said about like uh, Isayama leaving the ending more open, Andrew, because maybe that that's what we'll see. You know, there's a chance maybe for things to change, but it's for us left up to us to interpret whether it will or it won't. With you know the para- yeah, maybe there will be a civil war in Parady, or maybe the rest of humanity will leave Parades alone, but maybe they will still. That would be enjoyable. See them as a threat because that would leave the manga open so. to discussion for, probably for for years to come. I think you know people would still debate it, discuss yeah. it, and everything. And that's you know that's always that's always that's often a good thing, especially with something like that. And I think, you know. yeah. I mean, I'm I'm just gonna say Isayama uh, might have ended a second titan, but that doesn't mean a second titan is over. Dun dun dun. <laughs> Are we gonna get Attack on Titan next generation, boys? Yeah, it's, it's next. Oh no, stop! <laughs> yeah. 
Attack on Titan, high school AU. Oh, no, no, that's no, 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 High school AU, next okay, generation. Okay, 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 okay. I've done it. I figured it out. You know the girl in in the in the like the school scenario in the end of season three part two. That's Peakstein's child, and <laughs> <laughs> in the future, and it's hints on the after story. Oh, it's so deep. You figured so it out. Deep. You figured it out. Fingerstein child. Order, it, in order fact that Peak will probably die before she's able to birth a single child because of the shifter. Uh, but you know, you know, you know. And Titan powers, maybe. maybe. <laughs> Let's continue on from the <laughs> absolute <laughs> nonsense that we're talking. Uh, Psych had another question for us. Uh, Isayama made a bold choice to keep the protagonist asleep throughout the entire final arc. Do you think our Sleeping Beauty will actually do something next chapter since you just got a colossal alarm nuke to wake him from his slumber? Or will he just say his final words and die? He's going to wake up from the long dream in chapter one. He's got to do something. That's my main complaint about this is that this is supposed to be Aaron and we haven't seen him. I'm just going to say that's... uh... He's dreaming right now. He's sleeping. And in chapter one, Aaron wakes up from a deep dream. I'll take that. Underscore. I think I'll like that as well. If he kind of wakes up now from whatever dream he's in um, and then has a conversation or faces off with Reiner or something and we get more context on him. Also, um, to support what you said, and I agree with it as well, Luna, I think I'd probably prefer it like a an open-ended conclusion. This manga starts with Eren, and if it finishes with Eren, that's it. This is Eren's story. I mean, it, it, we do get the context mm-hmm. and everything. So why do we need to know what happens after that? We get to see what happens to Eren. We get the final closing shot with the scarf maybe around the neck with Mikasa. That's it. Story done. What happens afterwards? Don't know. I'll take that. I'll take that. And it will be something symbolic about Grisha holding Eren in the end or something like that. And it's going to be and like... And we'll never find out about the baby. That would, oh, that would annoy so many people uh, if we never find out about the baby. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. That makes me want it even more. <laughs> yeah, you can, this, this ironically sounds like good... If anything, this chapter taught me was that the fandom meltdown was fun for about like 20 minutes and then it was just awful. So I, I no longer am looking forward to fandom meltdowns. While I would like to be right and I want the series to go my way, my gosh, the payoff on that is not worth it. We, we also received a question from Tumblr from Transladata, Transladata, Trans, <laughs> yeah, who is a member of the Russian AOT fandom and said that they can confirm that people over here were very disappointed with chapter 137 and with the overall direction of the manga for the last 10 chapters or so. Personally, I find it enjoyable, but a lot of people were apparently too invested in the idea that Aaron is all-powerful and just can't lose this easily. And I guess conflict-solving through talking sounds too convenient for most fans. She wanted to know if the reactions were any different in the West or if they wanted to know. I don't know if it's a he or a she. But um, yeah, I mean, I think the points that people are complaining about are the same ones that we're hearing, that this is too convenient, that Aaron shouldn't lose this easily, and a lot of disappointment over the general direction of the last 10 chapters. And I thought it was funny in this. She said, or they said, I don't know if you care for statistics. Obviously, I do because I'm on the poll team. So, Transladata, (laughs) I have statistics for you. Uh, In the poll this month, we did ask, if this is the end of the fight, were you satisfied with the final battle? And 37% said they were satisfied. 
21% said it exceeded their expectations. So right there, we have about 60% who are okay with it. 20% thought it had potential but was cut short. And 11% thought it was stupid from start to end. <laughs> and I know who that is 11% are. I, I've been talking to them this week, and they're alive and well on Andrew's server. So, yeah, and on Titan Folk and on other places. So, uh, yeah, that's it. And I, I think we all, to varying degrees, agree that it it had potential that was cut short and that it's been a little convenient yeah. and a little bit easy and all of those things. So I, I'm very sympathetic to the Russian fandom and to anyone who's unhappy with this. I think what this chapter finalized, meaning Zeke and I guess Levi's relationship, um, I mean, Yemi's is a little bit confusing, but I think what it ended was fine. But I think moving forward, I think that's, I mean, I hate saying it every month, wait till next month, but you know, I think with what we got this chapter, the payoff with Erin, I think, is going to be the big last straw for a lot of people. And if that's if that fails, then that's it. But I don't know. I, I, I think after my rant, personally, and my discussion tonight, we'll see what happens. But I view it more favorably than I did before. I'll probably, I don't want to give a rating, but I, I've got to be careful what I say here. Um, I don't, this is a weak chapter, but honestly, based upon our discussion, I liked it. <laughs> I liked it enough. I liked it enough to warrant it being something <laughs> that is okay within the actual story. It's, like, it's not a chapter that I think's ruined the manga for me, if that makes sense. I, I think I would walk out of this podcast here and actually enjoy the chapter more than I did before. So talking about it in this way, it really made me realize what I love about this manga. And I think some of that is shown here. I agree. Honestly, like the same with the last podcast. I think it was, I think for me, it's obviously talking to people from like a different part of the community. I mean, obviously, Momtaki, we get to hear your thoughts. But obviously, Luna, it's great to hear what you have to think as well on this, um, like last time as well, mm -hmm. um, along with the other lady that was in the podcast for 132, which was really nice. Um, but, you know, different parts of the community coming together, discussing it, you can learn a lot and you can probably appreciate the manga a lot more um, than, you know, just reading the same kind of, well, opinions, I suppose, or shit posts, I guess, as they call them uh, every day. Doesn't help the mood, I guess you could say. Uh, but it is what it is, you know. Our final question for you is, um, what do you hope to see next chapter? Uh, Reiner Heroes, so I can get my uh, bingo. Uh, other, <laughs> other than that, I, I, I want some kind of Aaron input. It just, it just has been so interesting seeing his inputs. And I've, I've, I want more explanations and answers to just give us a uh, Aaron point of view to end the entire manga. I think Aaron alive. When we asked this on the poll, was the most popular choice. People want Aaron alive and doing something. For me, I want to see what's going to happen next because they're on that. They're on Falco. They're going to go back to the plateau where the where the family are. I want to see what happened there. What the aftermath was there because that's going to happen. We're going to see. And if we, if they get there and like there was a massive fight and people are dead, that's like oh crap. You know, we forgot about this happening from uh, the other chapter. Oh, that's right. So we got you know, Muller. Yeah, well, I want to see what happens there. Yeah, Muller. Oh shit! I'm excited for that actually because if they go back there and after winning and like everyone's just dead or they've shot each other and everything, that would be kind of you know, 
bit of a slap in the face thinking, oh, it's a happy ending. And think, oh, that happened. You know, and then it kind of hits the fact that no, Marlians and Eldians can never have peace. That would hit that back even more. And then it's more tragic, I guess, that, you know, maybe we'd be in Erin, but the, the theme of Eldians and Marlians being friends will never, you know, it'll always go back down to the basic substantial point of you're different than me and, you know, all that stuff. But yeah, I'd like to see more of that, more of the stuff. But apart from that, I want to go with that th- fan theory of Erin being naked in Chicken Sheena and uh, going to Historia. Yes, <laughs> that's my st- <laughs> I'll go with that. <laughs> um, Luna? Uh, obviously, Reiner Helos. Next chapter. Mm, I guess I I want something from Eren. Like, I, I want him to be physically present there. And... But yeah, I don't know. I it would be nice if um like Armin and Mikasa were somehow involved in killing him. But <laughs> cuz he can't yeah. This can't go on anymore. And then like the the last chapter can be some si- sort of epilogue or something. So I'll just throw out something that Humble said that I can't unsee now. Humble suggested what if and and he didn't think this would definitely happen just a what if what if next chapter we go right to the epilogue right to the baby um and the rest of the story is told in flashback through other characters talking about what happened so i don't think that's likely but i i don't know maybe because i want this to be to end like i wouldn't mind that i wouldn't mind seeing the ending first and then finding out how it happened so I, I when I when Humble suggested that I thought maybe 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 that would be kind of fun. So completely change things up and just let's jump right to the epilogue and see what happens. Let's learn what happened that way. That's like really think that's thinking outside the box. But uh, personally, like I, you know, a good idea. But I, I don't know. I, I don't know if that would fit with. with is, 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 is Yama done something like that before with a story? I mean, I'm not saying he, he wouldn't has. do something. He has. When was that? Sorry, I'm going to sound like an idiot here for not knowing. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he 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 doesn't tell story. He oft he relies very heavily on flashbacks, and you know he never tells a linear story. And the fact that he revealed the final panel so soon is kind of evidence to me. And the final audio and all those things he revealed those things. He doesn't really care about the ending. It's the process. I guess it might. I ask more questions if that happened, which would be a good thing, I suppose, for a for, you know response. But yeah, but the question is, who would be narrating it? Would would it be Armin? I think Mikasa. Of course, Mikasa. <laughs> I think Armin's gonna die. I think it's Mikasa. Do you think Armin's gonna die? Yep. Oh, Momtaku, you know your theory last month of Armin being dead in paths. I wish that 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 was so good. I'm sorry that didn't happen. Like you know, that was a good theory. Sorry. Well, uh, my theory was that if Zeke was dead, so was they were either both alive or they were both dead. There was no Ar- Zeke is mm. dead, but Armin's. They were in the same place. They were the same eventuality, whatever that eventuality was. So the fact that they were both alive was fine. I'm just happy it wasn't that wacky theory where uh, Zeke, the, the Zeke in paths, was the one that was eaten, eaten by Emir <laughs> in one fifteen. Oh, that was uh, interesting mm. last month. Oh, yeah. <laughs> As I recall, uh, you were a supporter of that, weren't you, Mom Taki? Or am I mistaken completely? <laughs> well, I think 
I think what happens is we focus in on lines of dialogue. You were eaten too. We focus in on lines of dialogue. We try to make sense of them. And then those lines of dialogue end up not mattering. And I think that's a trap that I fall into all the time. And looking back over like my past metas and posts, you know, there are so many times we as a fandom fixated on a sentence that we thought was significant or a, a piece to the puzzle. And it ended up not being a piece to the puzzle. It was a random piece to a random puzzle tossed in that didn't help us finish the picture at all. So Mm -hmm. I think that's what it was. I fall into the same trap too. 100% I'm the exact same. Like I can't. (laughs) It feels like that. Like I've been trying to put the puzzle pieces together since uh, chapter 46. And I finally realized that, you know, the box of puzzle pieces we're dealing with are from several different sets. And some of them don't fit at all. So not to mention like Isayama keeps holding back the important ones. Yeah. <laughs> and to close things off, we are having another quick fire and joining us live is Polka, who is going to give us the option between something horrible and between something horrific. So looking forward to it again, Polka, <laughs> after a two month break. <laughs> The order will be underscore Andrew Mamtaku and then me. Oh well, let's do the quick for underscore uh, Andrew. Right, uh, Levi Runner. Uh, Runner. Levi. Levi. Reiner. You disgust me, Andrew Reiner. <laughs> 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 uh, Juan or Falco. <laughs> what was that? It's <laughs> oh. not even a word. Does this exist? Juan. I can't believe you brought Juan into my podcast, Polka. <laughs> yes, I would like to pick Jean very much. Uh, uh, Juan, I don't, I don't understand. Like Jean or Juan? Jean is Jean. It's Jean, but oh, it's Spanish oh, name. Right. Polka, could you ask it again? This is such a, this is such a small thing fly around. Like. Obviously, obviously, this is too much for your puny northern brain. Just can't handle it. What, what, what can I say, mate? I'm not a southerner like you. So. It, it, it introduced another Briton to the call, and the, the banter just doubled. Uh, anyway, yeah, uh, Gino. Was it Falco? Oh, Falco. Oh, yeah, Falco. No, 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 Jean. I think it said Flock. Sorry, yeah, Jean. Jean. You know, the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, honestly, Polka, man. Like... What a wonderful <laughs> quick fire this is. Oh, my God. Okay, yeah. Keep this in because I want everyone to see how much of an idiot Andrew is. <laughs> I think this is what happens after you've been recording five hours. I picked John. Uh, Falco, of course. Yeah, Jean. Uh, Zeke or Erin? Uh, Zeke. 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 Mm, Aaron? Erin. We've got Mr. 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 YouTube Sensation in the corner. Exactly. You've like, you got his entire Zeke. brand of this character. Can't... I can say whatever I want. It's my podcast. <laughs> you got me there. <laughs> 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 You can say Armin whatever you want in like 30 minutes on your live stream. <laughs> that'll do. That'll do. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> uh, Armin or Mikasa? Mikasa? Armin. I'll say Armin. Uh, Mikasa. 
Armin. Just talk no jitsu, why not? Casavia <laughs> uh, or Kruger? Kruger. Casavia? Casavia? Kruger. 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 Andrew. Andrew, Andrew. I think, I think, I, I think I'm just uh, all right. I'll go. Yeah, all right. I think I'm just being a little bit silly there. I'll go with Kruger. But I do like Casaver. No, I? you you like Casaver, no, no. right? I do, yeah, no, I do no, like you're, you're being you're being shamed. You're being shamed into this. You you picked the wrong <laughs> answer. This, this is all set Sorry. up, wasn't it, Falker? You've set this up intentionally to confuse me. <laughs> you caught me flock loads of times. Confuse <laughs> 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 <Yeah>. yourself. <laughs> oh. <laughs> You confuse yourself. It's actually in the skill I know, skill it's ridiculous, of mate. Honestly, all the time. Uh, Grisha, Grisha or Bert? A Grisha. Ooh. Grisha. Uh, Bart. Yeah, Bert. Grisha. Porco or Ymir? I, I pick Ymir. I pick Porco. Ymir. Ymir. <laughs> Porco, because he actually got a die on screen, Lamau. 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 Imagine dying off screen, Lamau. Piek or Gabby? No, I'm not lucky either. Gabby. Gabby Gang. Hell no. Peek. Gabby Gang, Gabby Gang, Gabby Gang. Yeah, Peek. Hobo Erin, old Erin, or current Erin? Which one do you prefer? Hobo Erin. They're all the same to me, so, you know, I'd say all of them. I mean, fine Hobo Erin, but they're all the same person. Original OG Erin. Um, like, character-wise, Hobo Erin, looks-wise, current Erin. That's a Hobo Erin. Is he dead? That's the real question. That is a question. Is he dead? Oh, uh, no. Nope. No. 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 I love how I love how we're just so used to it now. It just we just know he's not dead. Uh, whose death was the best in the series so far? Irwin. Irwin. Loyalties would indicate I go Erwin. I'm going to go with the one that actually made me cry, and that's cold. Kenny. That's a good one. Uh, yeah. Was was the chapter great, meh, bad, or what, an other word, single word? Fine is my word. I know it's two, but an experience. <laughs> no, it's two words. You got to pick one. Ex- um, experience. experience. <laughs> <laughs> uh, interesting. Or, yeah, interesting. It was good. Good. Undecided. That's how I feel about it. <laughs> yeah. It's a word I, I'm going to just say as a word I probably can't say on the podcast. Uh, oh. Just, what, what's, what's it? Damn. There we go. Damn is, is a close enough word. Just what? disappointing. I don't know what uh, the word is for it. I, I, I didn't. It's not going the way I want it to. But I, I kind of get it. It's, it's not. Oh well. It's anyway, a bit of a letdown for you. Bit of a letdown for me. Yeah. Aww. I read it once. That should show you it's how much of a letdown it is. Hmm. Was huh? that it? 
That's it, yeah. Ah, okay. I did that when I was walking a dog. <laughs> <laughs> it's always nice to know the origins, the quick fire origins, walking a dog. Good one. Riding a bike. It's usually, it's usually when I'm drunk. <laughs> drunk, yeah. That's, that's the standard one. <laughs> okay, thank you so much for uh, the quick fire. <laughs> yeah, no, no worries. Oh. All right. Well, I guess that concludes our 137 podcast. I, first of all, would love to thank Underscore and Andrew for joining us. Thank you both for being with us. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, it's fun being here, and, near, and especially near the end of the manga, you know, not many chances left. So it was, on, it was an experience for sure. Yeah, it was good having you both. And it's always fun for me to hear that your opinions have changed uh, as you've done this podcast with us. Yeah, it's uh, always an experience. And like I said, it's always nice to hear people that, you know, appreciate the manga, but uh, view it differently in some ways and to learn from that and uh, change as well, my opinion. So thank you. And, and Andrew, it's incredibly brave of you to do the chapter reactions that you do, knowing by now that, you know, <laughs> you're going to change and it, that's still going to be there as a record of your initial impressions. So oh, yeah. I appreciate you doing those as well. They're highly entertaining, but I, I do, I always enjoy getting to hear what you really think about it after the fact. Thank you. I appreciate that a lot. It means a lot. Thank you. I'd like to thank our Patreons. We have Simon, Taryn, Kenny, Anne M, Silarana, Tom, Ruby Gus, Zero Viz, Linduin, and dun, dun, dun. Aaron did nothing wrong. I know. <laughs> Aaron, Aaron. I should let Andrew do our... Aaron did nothing wrong. And thank you to Aaron did nothing wrong uh, for supporting the UC, uh, <laughs> You Hear Big Girl podcast. Yeah, but does he have the T-shirt, though? I don't uh, know. I don't think so. I'll have to send it to him. Mm. Um, yes, yeah, like we a, all need the T-shirt. <laughs> I, I just want to wear it for the last chapter, unironically, just like Aaron did nothing wrong, because without Aaron, we wouldn't have had this entire manga. <laughs> exactly. And That's we wouldn't have had this podcast, it. right? Mm -hmm. So why did you get the shirts, Andrew? <laughs> Um, honestly, ten pound a shirt. I got them uh, online, uh, just like a just any online business thing. I oh, just you just made them your yourself. Own thing. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah. And it's great for all the emotes with the Zeke one and everything because you can just put on any old rubbish and they'll do it for you. So yeah. Let's <laughs> say uh, Montaka, you can get the uh, the Zeke one. I'll give you the Zeke shirt. I'll give this uh, Patron guy my Aaron shirt. And Luna, you can have the Alliance shirt that I've got that says, you know, um, we will save the world. You can have that. Oh, one. <laughs> I want it. Yes, <laughs> send it to me. Yeah. It needs to have a box on the back or something that just constantly plays the Avengers theme. Dun, dun, I'll just put like WandaVision on in the background or something. Or um... <laughs> On the back of the shirt, it says, I support the Alliance. So you can obviously show that off to people as well if you're, you know, feeling, <laughs> feeling that way. I'd be a bit worried if it said, I support the Axis or something. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thank you so much for joining us this month, guys. I had a lot of fun recording. I hope you did too. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. to everyone out there listening, thank you as always for offering your hearts and your ears. And until next month, bye. And, and watch the Andrew All Stars stream and his YouTube channel. And, mm -hmm. No, don't. And, and I'm on it, so it's great on a Sunday.
yeah, subscribe to Velocious, <laughs> and 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 on, on a Saturday evening, you can listen to me and Andrew watch the episode uh, live, usually, uh, and it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Yeah, it's going to be great. Dun 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs>